<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. Gary Hoffman. Yeah. Shannon Barron. And I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. Shannon, on this uh, Friday, it is October 12th. Date sounds familiar for some reason. Yom Kippur War. Mm, that's not why, but uh, I mean, it can be. Brian Suits in for, uh, for Shannon Farron today. Welcome, by the way. I was told I'm in for you and you're in for Shannon Farron. Uh, well, There's depending on miscommunication. <laughs> if it's based only on footwear, then yes, I'm wearing my heels today. So yeah. uh, we'll we'll get through this. We have a lot coming up today. Uh, next hour, we're going to be talking about Mitch Englander, who says he's uh, gone. I don't know if it's because of the way Conway talked about him last night, but he's going to step down from his no, seat. That's why Big Boy didn't come in. As L.A. City Councilman, because of Mitch Englander or because of Conway was bad-mouthing yeah. him? <laughs> I see. He got that. We're going to do our Gas Fantasy foreplay in the 12 o'clock hour. We're going to pick four of the NFL games coming up this weekend and see if you can pick the winners on all four of them. It's harder than you think. Uh, in the 1 o'clock hour, Mo Kelly's going to join us for Mo on the movies, but you saw First Man last night. First, That was the first man at First Man, get it? Yeah. And uh, in IMAX, too, because you figure a space movie should be cool. Have to see it in IMAX. And? I can't even recommend that you see it. Oh. So, so avoid. <laughs> and if you see it, don't see it in IMAX. Um, my other question about that, and I don't think you really answered it very well, was how were the musical numbers in it? Because I, uh, Damien Chazelle and uh, yeah, and Ryan, the uh, Canadian guy, uh, Ryan Gosling. So this is in the background as he's traipsing across. It, it, on the, the downside, or... casting Emma Stone as Buzz Aldrin was a little off-putting. But I understood when they got to the moon in in the you know the moon is one eighth Earth's gravity. Sure. So the spins yeah. and the throws that the Ryan Gosling moves. was able to do with with Emma Buzz Aldrin. Stone, uh, were amazing. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's historically accurate uh, uh, that there was dancing on the moon. And I'm fairly certain Buzz Aldrin, in fact, has a man's wedding tackle. But it's still, as an artistic piece, I thought it was a great statement. Well, that's not what I think you think of the movie. But mm. We'll get to more of that. Also, uh, hey, our Friday tradition is back. We're going to be doing our nine news nuggets you need to know. Coming up in the uh, in the 1 o'clock hour, we have some Dodgers tickets to give away that we'll be doing at one point during the show. Tickets for Monday night's game uh, when they host the Brewers at Dodger Stadium for the National League Championship Series. Don't you think it would be cool to get somebody to commit to fly to Milwaukee? Like right now. Like if, you, if we gave tickets away and the Southwest plane was boarding, 
Like we, we'll, Bur- we'll let you leave from Burbank. Yeah, but you Burbank gotta to Milwaukee. Drop what you're doing right now and go see the Doyers. I think there'd be a lot of people who would do that. I would. I would see a game in Milwaukee. I haven't been there yet, so that would be a great place to see it. Hey, let's start with our uh, our update on Hurricane Michael. The death toll I saw as high as 16, but officially it's at 13 right now, and it is expected to climb higher as they go through and search the rubble into uh, the Florida Panhandle. Um, Amy just mentioned that the storm itself, the center of the storm, is finally moving off of the continental United States. It's out into the Atlantic Ocean, but the the, uh, the effects of it are going to be felt for some time. One of the areas that has been hardest hit was Mexico Beach, Florida. And if you read some of the accounts of people who live in Mexico Beach, they say literally that their home is gone. It's not as if you could find a couple of walls that are still standing Everything that they owned is gone and absolutely uh, scattered about Mexico Beach. Did you see that footage of uh, the ABC uh, meteorologist Ginger Z was in a condo, a concrete condo, like on the fourth floor? And she starts when the hurricane's getting there. There's a blue house across the street from her. Then there's three hours of just gray sheets of rain falling. And when it lifts, the house isn't there anymore. Yeah. And she, she seemed emotionally scarred by this. Well, I think it's I think it's a terrifying thing it, to imagine um the mm. only shelter you have is in a parking garage or something like yeah. that because a lot of that's how where a lot of these meteorologists these reporters will camp out is in a big but uh but relatively short structure two three story parking garage and get down into the middle as as uh, as far into the middle as they can for their safe space. But the destruction is I, I mean, in some of these areas in Panama City and Mexico Beach are just unbelievable. What I don't understand is how a house like this. I mean, there's homes on stilts. It's a great radio. On... Point to a picture. <laughs> well, I'm showing you. But everything there else on that block. To a house that is on pylons every, surrounded by wreckage. Everything else on that block is absolutely gone. So do they go through and say, well, this house was built in 2001 with I, updated codes. The rest were built in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect Laboratory. You've got controls and everything. You've got houses that were uh, not improved, not out of code. You've got ones that were in code. So, so uh, yeah, go through and do the damage assessment and say, look at that. We got we got it right because this this came ashore as a cat four, correct? Yes, but now they're saying because a lot of the wind gauges literally broke right. when it came on land that they may have to go back and they could potentially bump it up uh, and retroactively call it a category five because for for people who are. I'm not aware, like Sandy came ashore as a tropical storm, like 60 mile an hour winds. Still a harsh toke, but not not a uh, official hurricane. And but this isn't it funny how this one, the, the the one that hit South Carolina, we we were watching it build for a week and a half, right? And it was oh, this one's going to be a big one as usual. And and uh, and uh, and non qualified radio hosts were swearing this is going to be the worst hurricane ever. And then it lost power as it came in, and it was a flood event. This one was like they got three day, two days notice or something. Well, and the thing about Michael that was different than Florence was it stayed as strong as it did. It was a hurricane on land yeah. for 12 <clears throat> plus hours, it which is highly Georgia. unusual. Yeah, as a hurricane. That's, that's, I mean, that's uh, a crazy example of how absolutely powerful it was. The other issue and is... And yet another reason why Florida sucks. <laughs> because they can't stop the hurricane. Yeah, and the weird crime. Right. <laughs> Um, Tyndall Air Force Base is in ruins today. Tyndall Air Force Base is the home of the F-22 training. They have a full-scale aerial target program where they retrofit these F-16s 
uh, turn them into drones, fly them around, and then shoot them down. And a lot of the the pictures that you may have seen already are hangars with the roofs uh, taken off of them. And inside there are these F-16s. They, I guess they're referred to as QF-16s now. The, the planes that are the more valuable ones, all the F-22s were flown off base days ahead of time and put inland so that they wouldn't be subjected to, to, to the uh, destruction from Hurricane Michael. The commanding officer there at the Air Force Base had sent uh, messages to, I think it's about 3,600 people who work on the base, don't come back until we tell you because it's not safe to be here. No water, no power, no sewer. And then the 600 or so families, I guess, or people who live on the base were given approximately an hour and one suitcase to leave. A gallon of water and an MRE. The, uh, I forgot what it was. It was a hurricane in the 80s, I think, during the Reagan administration. The, uh, it hit an Air Force base in central Florida, and they never reopened it. It, it did so much damage that the Air Force just washed their hands of it and gave it to Florida to do whatever they would. Just let the Gators uh, take it back? With it, yeah. And so they're, I don't think they'll do that with Tyndall because Tyndall is, is a really, really key training site because of its access to the Gulf of Mexico, which is where they do the live fire training. And that's, that is access to the ocean, just like up at, uh, up at uh, <clears throat> uh, Port Wyneme. At, uh, what's it called, uh, the Naval Weapons? Magoo? Magoo, Point Magoo. And they, the Navy does ve- uh, that stuff there because of its access to the Pacific Ocean, Pacific Missile Test Range. So they'll keep this one open. But the other one, they just looked at it and they said, a billion bucks to repair it. We're not doing it. Uh, all right. So in, in the 1 o'clock hour, we're trying to get Pete Combs again. We've talked to him the last couple of days. He's been in Florida for all of this. We actually lost track of him at one point during the uh, during the hurricane. So... Uh, we'll check in with Pete, hopefully, in the 1 o'clock hour. First, before we get on to this story about this journalist disappearance and uh, how it's testing our ties with Saudi Arabia, how about $1,000? Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's LUCK to 200-200. Listen, you got to answer that phone even if it's from a number you don't recognize. If you do not win this hour, there is a chance an hour from now, sometime between 11, uh, 11.05 and 11.20, you got a chance to win $1,000 an hour Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. until about 6.20 p.m., that first hour of the Conway Show. All right, this story of this this journalist that went missing in Turkey is getting weirder by the moment. It turns out that uh, a guy who used to work for, or I guess still technically does unless they find a body, uh, works for the Washington Post, among others, and has been sort of an insider who is critical of the royal uh, Saudi Saud family, is gone. And the White House's relationship with Saudi Arabia is, uh, is getting more tense. The guy's name is uh, Khashoggi, and he is a guy who showed up at one point, Jamal Khashoggi, shows up to the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey, to get documents that he needs to get married. Or was he lured? And he, he never, was lured. Where it's not a super segment? How could it not be a super I segment? I thought it was. We were told it was a super segment. In yeah, fact, a super duper segment. Super. There was we, an email sent Wednesday. I didn't see it. I apologize. You failed. I did fail. Would you like the pleasure of firing Nick? Because I've done it multiple times, and he keeps coming back. Can I fire him? I get fired all the time. Blake, why don't you do it this time? Because you... 
Yeah, we you have to get Big Boy down here. I'm looking high and mighty. Yeah. yeah. Nick, you're fired. We'll be back with more on our Saudi missing journalist in just a moment. Gary and Shannon with Brian Suits will continue. Because, honey, your soul could never grow. Oh, it's evergreen. Gary and Shannon on this uh, Friday. It's October 12th. Baby, you 2015 is our flashback Friday here. Brian suits in for Shannon today, or in for whatever hole has been left with her departure. I think you have some openings I can fit. That came out. Yeah, that was. Uh, and I, by the way, at Dark Secret Place, has my Twitter feed. I tweeted out a picture of our uh, very own Neil Savidra, um, the Fork Reporter. <clears throat> By the way, I don't know. Did you know he owns a laser cutter? <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, actually, yes, because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. So he, on, on the Twitter machine a couple of nights ago, I t- tweeted a picture of all the a hard apple cider that I'm making in my man bunker. And someone said, is that your man bunker? And I said, yeah, I need a welcome mat that says Gavin Free Zone. <laughs> so he made a welcome mat, one of those hemp Hard, you know, vegetable brown welcome mats. Yeah, the kind you don't want to step on with bare feet. Yeah. And he lasered in Gavin Free Zone. He forgot the hyphen. He's getting sharpshooted for that. And then there's a picture of Gavin Newsom. It's pretty funny. That's I can't great. wait to wipe my feet on his smug face. <laughs> don't mess up the hair, whatever you do. Hey, uh, some of the stories that we're following today, there was a, supposed to be a Senate debate tonight between Democratic Senator Bill Nelson of Florida and Governor Rick Scott. They have postponed that, obviously, because of the aftermath of Hurricane Michael. Uh, Also, uh, a prosecutor who released a grand jury report a couple months ago on the sex abuse in the Pennsylvania Catholic Diocese says it is unacceptable that Washington Cardinal Donald Wuerl is going to retire and not suffer any consequences. The the grand jury report um, in the diocesan records documented Wuerl when he was overseeing and participating, he says, in a cover-up of child sex abuse by clergymen while he was a bishop of uh, the Pittsburgh Diocese from 1988 to 2006. And what I guess I I didn't read the last page of the report. Did the prosecutor recommend charges? No, because I don't think you can at that point. I think that the uh, any statute of limitations for that type for the cover up type of crime would have long expired. Um, But just the fact that he's not going to see anything from. That he gets to retire as opposed to the, the Pope coming down on him, yeah. smacking him with Which his, is not going to be happening anytime soon. Funny hat. All right. Well, thanks to uh, Nick's screw-up. We don't have a whole lot of time to get into this. But when we come back, some exclusive information <laughs> about the uh, <laughs> the Saudi Arabian journalist who was uh, killed, it looks like, at a consulate in Istanbul by uh, a 15-member assassination squad. Everyone's got a job. I guess it was, did they bring along the bookkeeper and the cook for that? If you remember what the Joker said, if you're good at something, never give it away for free. That's true. All right, Gary and Shannon will continue. Brian Suits sitting in today on this Friday. Damn, who knew all the planes we flew, good things we've been through. That I'll be standing right here talking to you about another path. I know we love to hit the road and laugh, but something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch no, up, no, look at things that. different, see the bigger picture. Gary and Shannon, Brian suits in today. Some of the stories we're keeping our eyes on. A couple of uh, Gulf Coast communities about 20 miles apart saw very different sides of uh, Hurricane Michael. Uh, Port St. Joe, for example, a couple returned to their home on Port St. Joe and found several feet of storm surge had smashed their windows and blown out the brick walls. But there are other homes, 19th century homes, that were built in uh, Apalachicola. And for the most part, 
untouched, it looks like. We'll talk more about Hurricane Michael in the 1 o'clock hour, trying to get Pete Combs on the line. But I want to say, am I, am I right that uh, that that part of Florida was in the, the iconic Bogart film, Key Largo? I'm not sure. No. I might have pulled that Farther right key, out of my The ass. key was down at the bottom. Ah! That I got it. Um, all, speaking of weather, the El Nino uh, word is words, phrase, being thrown around once again. We'll talk about that next hour. Boy. El Nino. Yeah, what the hell happened? I don't know. It, 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 uh, the El Chapo sound doesn't work for El Nino? Well, it's different for that. You can speed it up. Well, it's Chris Farley also. Oh. Remember? Which means the Nino. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's talk about Jamal Khashoggi, this uh, uh, the Saudi activist, uh, I guess you could say, who's been very critical of Saudi leaders, has written about it. He's a journalist. He's written for uh, Washington Post, their global opinions page. And uh, he shows up um, apparently to get some paperwork that he's going to need for a wedding coming up. He shows up to the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey, and then never shows up again, at least not in one piece. Senior administration officials here say that we are in ongoing contact with Turkish and Saudi officials about the case, but the U.S. believes basically what the Turks have been saying, that Jamal Khashoggi was killed by a 15-member assassination team sent there by the Saudi government. And that includes the flight crew of the two Gulf Streams. Well, that, okay. Because that, I'm yeah. thinking 15 guys... To kill uh, one is, seems like a lot. They put the Turks put together a pretty comprehensive, pretty amazing uh, montage of surveillance videos, starting with the Gulf Streams at Istanbul Airport at approximately three a.m. Uh, last Wednesday, and then the the two uh, the occupants of each Gulf Stream go to two different hotels at like four a.m. They they're checking in, and the two hotels are, have close proximity to the Saudi consulate. Uh, and then the next day, two black Mercedes vans uh, each leave the hotel and both arrive at the Saudi consulate. So these guys were pre prepositioned for Adnan uh, Khashoggi. I know that's how it's actually pronounced, but we're in America, so I'm going to say Khashoggi. And then, and so this includes, you know, pilot, co-pilot, the you know the bone saw guy, uh, the uh, car battery to the nipples guy. Um, the the bare fist guy, and then the interrogator. So this is the whole thing. The backstory on this. Uh, is is that th- uh, this guy uh, self evacuated out of Saudi Arabia? Uh, he he has been an increasingly vocal uh, critic of the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman MBS, who's the de facto king until his dad croaks, which is going to be any any day. He's been critical of the Saudi war in Yemen <clears throat> uh, and and all that, and so he left Saudi Arabia, and, and he's he's not a permanent resident of the yes. He's not an American journalist, no matter how many times MSNBC says it. He's not an American journalist. I only say that because as a as a Saudi citizen without an American passport, he walks into a Saudi consulate and they they feel like they you know they have the the the, the clearance to do this. No one's going to ask any questions because you know an embassy is an embassy is literally soil of that country. A consulate's a different deal. There's a there's a Saudi consulate at 1045 Sawtell, just west of the 405. In in 2001, they actually assisted two 9/11 hijackers uh, settle in San Diego. I mean, and, uh, and but but it's not Saudi soil. Well, one one of the guys, um, one of the co-workers of this guy, colleagues, I guess, of Mr. Khashoggi, says he knows why Saudi Arabia would want this guy dead. 
he was working along Jamal uh, Khashoggi at uh, Saudi Daily Arab News and said that Khashoggi had dirt on the kingdom's links to al-Qaeda before the September 11th yeah. attacks. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not a new thing, <clears throat> the idea that there were Saudi government contacts, Saudi government support, et cetera, for the September 11th attacks. Yeah, it's a pretty open secret. So, so the idea that he would have some sort of new dirt on it I don't know how how true that is, but and the and the the other deal was uh, there is a close associate and advisor to the crown prince MBS uh, who's been calling Khashoggi saying, you know what, he respects you, he respects honest criticism. If there's a basis for your criticism, like you've done in the past, uh, he he wants to listen to you. He also likes that you have pointed out his reforms and that women can drive. Uh, you know, you guys actually would get along really well. Why, if I can arrange a job? For you as an advisor, wouldn't that be f- cool to come back here? And he would get off these phone calls. for the, This was happening for the past six months. And his friends would say, well, what do he say? Are you going to do it? He would go, F no. Are you kidding me? Get off a plane. I wouldn't make it to the bottom of the stairs. Seriously? And so he clearly got to a point where uh, that the, the crown prince thought, look, I'm so in with Trump. All we had to do was put that project his face on the side of a building. He loves us. We just gave him $110 billion in orders for F-15s and, and all that. We can whack this dude. No one's going to miss him. And So they totally yeah. underestimated how much this was going to ping on the and that, international radar. And radio. the other deal, well, the other issue is is uh, he he's, he's uh, engaged to a – he was engaged to a Turkish woman. And I don't know why he bought their story where they said, well, you have to fly back to uh, the consulate in Turkey and you have to get a birth certificate and all that. I would have said, hell no. I said, no, I'm, I'm going to, you know what, let's get married in Virginia. I'm not going to the Saudi consulate in Turkey. But the deal was the Turks told the guy, we got your back. We can't go in that consulate, but we're going to be watching you. Don't worry. And now uh, in the United States, in the intelligence community and the FBI, there's a, there's a 2015 directive called duty to warn. If in FISA-executed surveillance, a death threat or a deal is made or a, or, or a conspiracy is overheard involving the death of an American citizen, intelligence has a duty to warn. Well, that's only if you're live monitoring this. M- regardless of what people think, 99% of the electronic surveillance that the NSA does is after the fact. Uh, they don't, they're not, they're not listening, listening live in. to your phone Yeah, calls. to some Washington Post columnist. This is not Vegas guys staring at you over the blackjack pit. They, it's after the, all this information that we have from the NSA, the, these leaks, they're after the fact. Because when the guy went missing, they went, oh, we'll track his phone. Oh, look at that. He goes, uh, Dulles, Frankfurt, Istanbul. Oh, phone drops, uh, uh, you know, on Thursday night at 0200. That, that's how that works. They hadn't, they're trying to make this up like, like Trump is sitting there with a chessboard, you know, talking to Mohammed bin Salman going, and then Khashoggi will get on the the Lufthansa flight, and then well, you know, no, 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 no. How does you mentioned the arms deal? This hundred billion plus uh, arms order yeah. that that Saudi Arabia put in with us. Does this affect that? Is it over? Is it? Can we hold it over their head for information? I'll find that out. Yesterday, when Kanye was done um, with, with his rant, uh, Trump took some questions. One of the questions was, "What about our associated with, with Saudi Arabia?" And Trump said. Look, we got 110 billion on the books from these guys. Uh, you really want? We're talking about thousands of jobs. You know, this is white people welfare in Palmdale, making the the new Saudi F-15s. Um, and 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 Trump said, you know, am am I going to be responsible for canceling a deal for 110 billion dollars, uh, thousands of American jobs, 
um, oh, you know, over this. And that's, you know, honestly, that is the next. I'm surprised he said that out loud, but that is the real question is, is do we want to be friends with a country that would do this? Um, you know, I, I don't have the answer. I, I, I know what Henry Kissinger would say, uh, but uh, this and again. I'm not excusing the Saudis. This this was I mean, the last guy in Los Angeles to excuse them. But this was not an American citizen. I don't know why he did this. It's it was it was dumb, and for a guy who was so smart about the Saudi family, the royal family, and their tentacles, should have seen this coming. Yeah. Now, but and, the, ter- the couldn't the Saudis have done this uh, cleaner yeah. uh, in a less high profile way? It, possibly, but it all it you know this is the moment in Scooby Doo where where the monster turns out to be old man McGillicuddy, and he says it all would have worked for if not for you meddling kids. The guy only went to Turkey because he got guarantees from Turkish intelligence, from the MK, that they would have his back. And they said, don't worry. We got – this is Istanbul. This is our town. Seriously? Not a problem. You come back. We're going to have you from the flight. Uh, we'll drive you a block away. You walk in there. We'll see you. That, that's who revealed this on Friday. It was Turkish intelligence uh, because the guy's fiance is there outside. She's on video outside the uh, consulate at 5.30 p.m. wondering where he's – why she hasn't heard from him for three hours. Uh, meanwhile, he's been cut up, and he's driving past. They're driving past her in two black vans, six different cars. <clears throat> you know, like throw his hand yeah. out the window at least for her. And uh, but the Here's Turkish intelligence, they said it's not a problem. They the Saudis don't have the balls to do this in Istanbul. We this is our town, and so you're, what you're going to wind up seeing probably is a Turkish special police unit taking that embassy down um, maybe uh, tomorrow morning. Well, if we ever reinstitute the draft, we may have to have liposuction go along with uh, with the draft cards. We'll talk about how uh, the staggering number of U.S. troops, um, or I should say recruits, recruits are fat and tired. Gary and Shannon, Brian Suits is here. We'll uh, continue in just a moment. Sugar, yes, Gary and Shannon. This Friday, it is a free movie Friday. Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone and skip the lines. In fact, today, Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance at some free movie tickets. So you can text them right now. Text the word reporter to Adam1. That's reporter to 28661 for your chance to win. Standard data text message rates may apply. Brian Suits sitting in today. Uh, we touched a little bit on this story yesterday. Uh, a story, uh, a study out of Rand says that, uh, in fact, 18,000 randomly selected participants across each of the service branches showed 66% of current service members are considered either overweight or obese. And when you look at the, uh, you go farther out and you look at potential recruits uh, into the military. There's a uh, there's a massive problem, and it's massive asses apparently. Yeah, and you're you're allowed. You can be out of height, weight standards, and enlist. But it's just that when you get to basic training, this is true for the Marine Corps and the Army. You're diverted before you start real basic training. You're diverted for a month into a thing called physical conditioning platoon, and they they literally dictate what you're eating and drinking and how much. And it's called the PCP platoon or pigs who cannot perform. And and so there's there's the correct combination of mental harassment and shaming, uh, and all that, and is how is how people drop weight, and so they can get height weight correct uh, to get into uh, basic training, and so just and for a lot of recruiters, like you'll see this in Burbank, the Marine recruiters will take recruits and they'll go on runs, uh, like six months before their ship date to down to San Diego, 
and try to get them, you know, in, in high white. But obviously it's a reflection of, of us and our society. And just yesterday we were announced as the fattest country again. 40% mm. obese. Mexico is down to 33. Uh, so, uh, so we're number one. Uh, they also said that there is a concern about getting adequate sleep. Nine percent of military personnel reported taking sleeping medications, or either, da- uh, or either daily or almost daily. Sleep deprivation? I didn't think that was a thing. Yeah, you can sleep when you're dead, as we say. <laughs> um, the you know the other deal is that the, the obesity rate is so huge that the, there uh, it's a literally a national security concern because. There is a national asset, and no one ever says this in 2018, but the asset of males, 18 to 26, is how we defend ourselves against alien invasion or if Belgium invades. And so that's a national asset, like coastlines or whatever. And if if we don't have an adequate pool of people to draft in case of a national emergency, if they show up, and they need to run around and play with kettlebells and Pilates for a month before they can actually go into basic training. That's a national security issue to have. Uh, because fantasies. we're not ready. Yeah. And, and yes, women too. But women don't have to register for the draft. There's a reason for that. It's because the national asset, the men who tote rifles are the reason that we're breathing free air. That, by the way, that is an... And women who can tote a rifle as well. It's just that women aren't... In the draft pool. That's an odd conversation to have with anybody who's 15, 16, 17 years old today, as opposed to uh, when we had to register for the draft. Yeah. Because I think it was a much more fresh in people's minds. I'm trying to think and do the math. 27 years ago or whatever it was when I registered. And when Jimmy Carter, after the Russians invaded Afghanistan, they reinstituted draft registration, not the draft. And I didn't turn 18 until like 48 hours before I started college. But I didn't even leave for the Washington State University until I borrowed my dad's car. And, and I said, no, Dad, I'm going to go register. And that was the height of the Cold War. You know, I wanted to eat Russian guts and everything. But I, at eight, the day already... I turned 18, and remember you had until the, yeah, it was the year 18th birthday. Yeah. Not the end of the year. It was the year 18th birthday. Yeah, and I, I remember telling my son about doing this and how to do it and everything. And he could do it. I think he could do it online now. I think he did. But to get that card in the mail that just says, hey, thanks for your... Really? No, you have to go to a place. I oh, had to go I, to the post office. I did, too. Port Angeles. And I remember going. I remember exactly. It was a brand new post office that had opened up. Uh, yeah. And they were surprised to see me. I guess it wasn't a thing that was, they didn't get a lot of customers I to do that. I burst both doors open. And I said, where do I sign up to fight these commie bastards? And where do I kick that Ayatollah's ass while I'm at it? And and I was off to Navy ROTC anyway. I mean, it, it was it's a, it was a fait accompli. I didn't have to actually register. I was about to go in uh, the service anyway, but I still wanted to register for the draft. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I I I wish it was a tradition. I mean, I wish more families thought of it as a uh, uh, as a rite of passage. perhaps. Yeah. And but- again, you know, hashtag me too and the whole thing. But women don't have to register for the draft. It's you know, I, and I'm and by the way, this is not me whining about equality. I, I know the reason, and I think women know the reason, too, but, uh, but women don't have to register for the draft. So put that in your pipe and salute it. <laughs> All right. By the way, I did find the El Nino song, so that we, or song music. So El if you Nino. say it, if I say it, then we'll get the little guitar interlude. It sounds like a, a scene transition from Coco, though. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen Coco? No, it looks too. It looks like uh, that other animated thing about Day of the Dead. 
Though it came out five years before. Uh, well, this one is Coco's not not horrible. All right, we'll come back. Mitch England is done. Than not horrible. And by but not the, last night when I saw First Man. The <laughs> the story of this teacher who wrote about Stephen Miller, the president's advisor, who didn't eat glue when they were a kid. You put it on your palm, yeah. let it dry, and then you, you pull off fingerprints, off. Yes. and it had that sli- Elmer's has a slight tangy taste. Remember? Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Oh, we'll bond to get together, bond to get together. She took my arm. I don't know how it happened. We took the floor and she said, Oh, you did look back. Just keep your eyes on me. I said, You're holding back. She said, Shut up. Gary and Shannon, on a uh, Friday, it is October 12th, we have an opportunity for you to win 1000 bucks coming up in a few minutes. We'll tell you exactly how you can win that. We'll do a Gas Fantasy 4 play a little bit later. We have uh, four NFL games that we're going to tell you about and see if you can pick the winners for all four of those. And it is harder than you think. Uh, I think... Of the four of us, mostly we're we're barely over five hundred. I think uh, I'm. Am I the only one over five hundred right now? Do not do not go to Vegas with us. That is a bad idea. Uh, we are keeping our eyes on the aftermath of Hurricane Michael. Now thirteen confirmed deaths, and uh, there are some places that are just absolutely flattened. Um, I, I, we've seen a lot of destruction, but for the most part, when hurricanes come through or what's left of hurricanes. In the last several years, it's been uh, debris, uh, trees that are knocked over, some some junk and stuff in the roads. But in the for the most part, Mexico Beach, Florida, there are sections of that entire town that are just wiped out, just down to the foundations, wiped out. Yeah, they're scanning on CNN right now from from inland out to the ocean, and there's only like per block there. It looks like there's. One building standing per block, and everything else is wallboard and two by fours. Yeah, I, I think what you said about there, this being sort of a, a, an incredible experiment to see which construction uh, practices work best, because those homes that are up on stilts, you would think would not be the ones that survived. Yeah. But in you know those onesies and twosies that are on each block that are still standing. There may be something in there. There may be some secret into the construction. You know, here here in L.A., and I, I, don't, I don't know what the Florida, I don't know if it's a federal standard or county by county, but, you know, in California, we have so-called earthquake standards. And do you know what that measures? It doesn't measure whether or not the building stays up. It measures the percentage likelihood that you'll survive in the wreckage. That, they, they always say earthquake standard. They, they make it they make it think like, oh, no, we're up on the 10th floor. We'll be fine. That's not what it measures. It, it measures you Drinking your own urine for four days, well, but being pulled out being, by good. your dog coming and finding you. Um, at the bottom of this hour, we're going to tell you about the latest stories of El Nino because uh, it looks like we may get El Nino this year. El Nino. Uh, all right, but let's start here. Let's do this uh, story about Mitch Englander. He's going to vacate his seat. He announced that he's going to step down at the end of this year to take a job with Oakview Group as uh, executive vice president of government affairs. Oakview Group, you may remember, is uh, headed up by Tim Lywicki. Refresh wasn't, wasn't that Sam's uh, Sam Sam Lywicki? Sam Witwicky is was the guy from Transformers, right? Witwicky. I think um, so, but Ly, why is that familiar? And shoots, he used to be with AEG. Ah, that's right. Uh, former executive with AEG. Um, they're saying they're not sure how a new representative would be chosen. A new city council person would be chosen. They can either do a special election 
Uh, I believe the council, I, I, I'm not sure if it's the mayor that appoints a replacement if necessary, but if they do a special election, then they've got to have a caretaker selected to handle the uh, day-to-day constituent concerns because you can't have an empty city council position necessarily. So um, Mitch Englander first elected 2011, reelected 2015, two years left in his term, the only Republican on the council, serves as a reserve officer with the L.A. Police Department. Uh, what do you, I've never understood this. I've never understood one-sided politics. One of the fantastic things about having multiple parties, I mean, two is better than one, but the great thing about having two parties is that you've got different views uh, and you're not going to have one one uh, side controlling everything. And, you know, sort of the argument for dictatorship is, well, they made the runs. The, Mussolini made the trains run on time. We are about to have a one-party dictatorship in the city of Los Angeles, yet S still can't get done. No, no. Be- because S is still sitting on the streets out there. Yeah, the anyway. biggest typhus yogi is in, like, New Hampshire right now. Uh, he, he knows he's on the downhill slide. And and this city, a one party state, a dictatorship, still runs like complete crap. Typhus Yogi. Typhus Yogi. Um, th- there is, a- and oh by the way, there's typhus in town. <laughs> it's 2018, <laughs> Gary. Yeah, I know. We there's talk- typhus in this town. We talked with Joel Grover yesterday about this. He was working for uh, NBC Four on trying to figure out how in the world typhus can exist in a first world country. With third world pockets, I'll give you that. But how it can exist in a city like Los Angeles. And and overwhelmingly in terms of the numbers, we're now skewing the numbers for typhus on the West Coast. I lived in Baghdad for a year and a half. I lived in Sarajevo for a year. You know what we didn't have? Sarajevo, uh, Bosnia, mass graves everywhere. No typhus. No typhus. So Baghdad, no typhus. Uh, I I was in Djibouti. No typhus. And there's there's a lack of at least an appearance of concern. Because Joel Grover catches Eric Garcetti, he's late for a flight to LAX, or late for a flight at LAX to take him to Mississippi to campaign for people you've never heard of, and all he can say is, you know, we're working on it, it should never have happened. Yeah, and Garcetti says, typhus, I don't even know us. How, it's not, and it's not a thing that Wreck just them. happens. It takes a while for there to be a, a place of garbage, of, of fleas, <clears throat> of just detritus for typhus to even make its rear its ugly head. So the garbage trucks are just driving by these piles because these guys didn't don't want to pay for them and the garbage trucks don't report it or so that's what I don't get is I customarily in uh in developed societies uh you eliminate uh, your 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 filth and garbage. You do it either with goats or with dogs. They're both very efficient. Here we don't we don't do that. We we euthanize the dogs. But you're allowed to just let garbage pile up on your sidewalk and no one knocks on the door? What about – I'm going to throw this in there because I'm not sure if this is a thing. What about pigs? Pigs would do that too, would they? Yeah, absolutely. All right. <clears throat> absolutely. Uh, this is where There's a lot of third world ideas that have a, a, a grounding in common sense. And that's why there's feral goats running around Bosnia and, in, in, on the Muslim side and pigs in the Serbian side. They, there's a purpose for that. But, I mean – and they and by the way – I. If we're going to go full third world, we're already using goats to, you know, cut back brush. What the hell? Take them down there. That would be that would be well, the greatest ironic statement in 2018. If Los nothing Angeles. else, just during the late fall and early winter when there's when there's less brush growing, yeah. you get them downtown and clean up some of the typhus That'd be files. F- that's a stunt. 
calling Rent-A-Goat and the guy saying, all right, where, where's the hillside? Is it Mulholland? No, no, it's DTLA. No, it's right now. There will be some hipsters watching. It's on Cirrus. You spell yeah. it C-E-R-E-S. And goats don't care. They will eat anything. Uh, and, and, and it all comes out as poop. They just don't care. Well, then what do we do with the poop? Fertilize the garden with it. Okay. Fantastic idea. We could do city gardens, city vegetable gardens. And they would be sustainable. That's, that's goats versus trucks. Goats eat the garbage. They produce fertilizer. They don't want a pension. They don't go on strike. Oh, but you know, no. they <laughs> may not. The helpers. They may not want yeah. the the breaks or the uh, or the union representation. But somebody will demand it for them. Yes, yeah, SEIU, <laughs> the union for goats. That'll be what it is. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. We're going to talk about this uh, this teacher who wrote a uh, story about Stephen Miller, the little the advisor purple to the shirts president. on goats. <laughs> And they would be at every yeah. rally downtown. And Villaraigosa would be would be exhorting them. <laughs> when, when we come back, this teacher wrote about Stephen Miller uh, and uh, got in trouble for her description of the kid. Not because necessarily politics, but you're not supposed to talk about kids and their information. It's all secret. We eat your garbage. When we, how about this? We got a thousand bucks. We're giving away your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the nationwide keyword money to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's money to two hundred two hundred. If you win, they'll give you a call. So you got to answer that, even if it's from a number you don't recognize. But if you don't answer, they will move on to somebody who will. If you don't win this hour, by the way, another chance in the twelve oh five to twelve twenty area somewhere in there. In fact, you have a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday, from 5 in the morning with Jonesy and Wake Up Call all the way through the first hour of The Conway Show. Gary and Shannon will continue. So it's going to be forever, or it's going to go down in flames. You can tell me when it's over, mm, if the high was worth the pain. Got a lonely Starbucks lovers, they'll tell you I'm insane. Because you know I love the players, and you love the game. Gary and Shannon. It's uh, Friday. It's October 12th. Brian Suits joined us today. Shannon's on a plane to, of all places, uh, Cleveland, America. Cleveland. Oh, wait. I thought this was the London game. No, that's next Oh, that's Sunday. next week. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, she's uh, she's headed back to the scene of many, many crimes in Cleveland. Although the word is that she's not going to be in Middleburg Heights, which is where the... Uh, if you followed our adventures at the Republican National Convention, that was the dead hooker in. Yeah. It's in Middleburg Heights. Um, the bloodstains are still there. We've um, been following a bunch of stories. Obviously, the uh, Hurricane Michael cleanup continues. Now 13 people confirmed dead uh, as both, I mean, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, up through the Carolinas, even Virginia had effects from all of this. And it's going to be, uh, now that the storm is out in the Atlantic, it's just a matter of cleanup. Just And again, the odd images of... We saw from Wednesday just, I mean, absolute destruction, uh, rain, wind to, you know, yesterday and today it's been 85 degrees and beautiful sunny skies. The sun was out right as the hurricane passed. It was late in the afternoon and it began clearing. The next morning it was a bright clear sky. A source has told me that at Tyndall Air Force Base, we, we, you were asking about the F-22s, yeah. which we don't make anymore. It's, it was one-off, and by law, we didn't sell them to anyone else to cut the cost. So we're not making F-22s anymore. There was a fixed amount. 
Um, a number were not evacuated because they were down for maintenance and uh, they're permanently damaged. So, so this this uh, hurricane also shot down two F twenty two. So, so those that could fly out of there got out of there. Yeah, and they probably went Texas or something. But there's like not. That. I don't. It's just weird to me. They wouldn't have a concrete shelter. But uh, you know, you, who would, who would ever think a hurricane would hit Florida? Would hit Florida. Uh, there was a story earlier today as well. Anaheim police uh, had lockdowns on Gilbert South High School and Francis Scott Key Elementary School. Those lockdowns have been lifted. Uh, they are still looking for one person who was seen in the area. There was a report at one point uh, of somebody who ran away from a traffic stop. So they didn't sh- lock it down um, from the dawn's early light till the twilight's last gleaming. Negative. negative okay. Good. Negative. They did not. Uh, all right. So... Uh, <laughs> There is a woman named Nikki Fiske. I'm assuming it's a woman. I shouldn't make assumptions in 2018. Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District has placed Nikki Fiske on home assignment when they figure out what to do, if anything, about her letter about Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller currently an advisor to uh, to President Trump. He's you- that bald guy, kind of young, disastrous on TV. <laughs> I, yes. I love him. It's a, he's a drinking game. He's he's one that should not. I mean, he can advise the president all the all the time. But I think even um, or especially General John Kelly is saying that guy is never going in front of a TV camera again. No. Uh, she writes. This is Nikki Fisky of Stephen Miller and his time in grade three in the 1993-94 school year. She writes, uh, I can still picture him sitting in my classroom. Do you remember the character in Peanuts, the one they called Pigpen with the dust crowd and the crumbs flying all around him? That was Stephen Miller at eight, she writes. I always tried to get him to clean up his desk. He always had stuff mashed up in there. He, uh, He was a strange dude. I remember he would take a little bottle of glue. We didn't have glue sticks in those days. And he would pour the glue on his arm. In 1993? Yes. Yes, you had glue sticks in those days. She didn't. They were doing it a different way. I'm seeing holes in Miss Fisk's (laughs) story. She says uh, he would pour the glue on his arm, let it dry, peel it off, and eat it. You mean like... stop you when something weird happens. Yeah, like every third grader (laughs) ever? Sorry, you pour it on your palm, you let it dry, you get... The palm print you, yeah, looks you, like skin, like CSI, and it's it, it's non toxic. Everyone knows it. They're, they weren't giving us poisonous glue in elementary school, and yet you ate it. It was kind of tangy. She says, "I remember being concerned about him, not academically. He was okay with that, though I could never read his handwriting. But he had such a strange personal habit. He was a loner and isolated, and off by himself all the time." At the end of the year, I wrote all my concerns, and I had a lot of them, in his school record. When the school principal had a conference with Stephen's parents, the parents were horrified. So the principal took some whiteout and blanked out all my comments. I wish I could remember what I wrote, but this was 25 years ago. I've taught a lot of third graders since then. Of course, Stephen wasn't political then. It wasn't until later that he started to make waves. Why would you waste your time writing anything about any child from 25 years ago? I, I that it, 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 everybody can agree that that's kind of a low blow. I mean, because if you went to Ina Heine Elementary and talked to Mrs. Leong, uh, and uh, she would she would report that I don't know if I don't know about your nostrils, Gary, but mine yes. accumulate a substance in them. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in the nostril hairs, in fact, that from time to time needs to be removed manually. Some some dried out mucosal collections. I, I was that kid. I, I just, uh, which, by the Wait way, a I, it was a big club. We were called nose pickers. Yeah. You know how many kids belong to that club? Pretty at much 100%. The 7 billion people that live on the earth are yeah. all at one point members of that club. Yeah. The number one complaint in my household is that my daughter is my daughter. Because she picks her nose, uh, she farts. Uh, occasionally, I hear, uh, you know, I'm not flushing till you look at it. You know, one of those. I I'm guilty as charged. Dad, I give this one a seven. What do you? Think? <laughs> I named it. No, oh, I guilty as charged. You know, it, and and it just barked at me. <laughs> my wife just will say, I don't know what kind of hell I I'm, I'm in. I I married one and then another and, and one made another one shot out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I mean, boy, all of our third grade teachers would say that. Uh, well, when we come back, and by the way, aren't you surprised that he wasn't political in third grade? I was political by fifth grade. No, I, I, I'm not I the think White House. I think she's mistaken. She just wants to paint this picture of this weird kid. I think she's mistaken. I think you're right. I mean, a kid who's at the age of 33—not kid, but at the age of 33—if he's political, chances are he started relatively young. Yeah, and I, I think he absolutely would so have been political. He, so yeah, just, I, bet, I bet he listened to Kevin and Bean. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about what Danny Romero would say about a 5% chance of rain and El Nino. I am El Nino. Because everybody's talking about it now. It may be coming back this winter. Gary and Shannon will continue. Brian Suit sitting in today. You already know who it oh, is. Silent talk. Silent talk. Silent talk. Don't it do it for me. Now watch me whip. Now watch me, nay, nay. Okay. Now watch me, whip. I didn't know you whip. knew this dance. Watch me, nay, nay. Yeah. Watch me, well, this is actually a Fortnite celebration nay, nay. dance, or celly okay. dance, as we say in the game. Uh, Gary and Shannon on this Friday, Brian Suit sitting in today. And I am huge Blue Falcon on Fortnite. When, uh, when we get into our Gas Fantasy 4 play next hour, we're going to talk about the four of the NFL games coming up this weekend. Uh, Blake has picked some, uh, some doozies. These are going to be tough to get through. Um, and Nick is doing a great job. Uh, I think he out of out of five weeks, Nick has three actual games that he's chosen correctly. Am I right on that? Wait, three, do you guys, four. Do he you... doubled. He doubled his win total the past two weeks. He went yeah. from one to two, and then two to four. So oh, okay, so four four games out of twenty mm. that yes. he's chosen correctly. Wait, can can I pick the games I want, or do you guys? You're you picking pick for a slate of four. We have the slate of four. Oh, you have to tell us who's going to win. You know, if you listen to Straight Out of Vegas on AM five seventy KLAC, you learn not to get locked in like that. Don't bet on your alma mater. Well, that's why the prizes are not very, you know. You know, don't go, yeah, the Cougs are going to kick ass. No, take that out, <laughs> man. It's like using your birthday for the lottery. No one has ever said the Cougs are going to kick ass. Well, they should have last week. Hey, uh, here we go. Uh, the um, El Nino is back. El Nino is going to be bringing us more rain than we've ever seen in our lives. Although, and wrestling is real. Uh, five months ago, they were saying that uh, the probability of El Nino conditions was 50%. Now they're saying that El Nino conditions, present by December, is at a 70 to 75% chance, according to the new report from NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Doesn't necessarily mean a wet winter, necess- uh, but ocean surface temperatures down uh, near the equator are moderately warmer than historic averages. So they're saying that this could be a weak El Nino so far. 
there have been 17 winters since 1951 with El Nino conditions, and during those, both the Bay Area and L.A. experienced below normal rainfall totals in seven of those, average rainfall in four of them, and above normal rainfall in the other six. Okay. And, so, and uh, can so, you honestly say that you – do you remember an El Nino winter? I mean, of all the time I've been in California, and I'm including the 90s in frickin' Modesto, which is its official name, and frickin' Livermore and the East Bay – I, I've been told, oh, it's an El Nino year. I don't remember above average rainfall. I do, but I don't. I mean, my house was flooded when I was a kid. But it was river flooded from rain upstream, right? No, it was river flooding. Mm. I mean, the river wasn't that big. There was no upstream. It was just a few miles away. Where, what river? Petaluma Where? River. So, um, in, so, in other words, Calistoga flooded your... Well, Calistoga and Napa, the, they were all, but we, but we didn't get... Our river never connected to theirs. How's yeah. that? So, but but it was not in an El Nino year. The year after that was an El Nino year, because it was my ninth birthday. I yeah. remember when when this happened. So all that it would takes have been 1981, 82. Four days of rain, and the Russian River comes up, right? And the Napa River, and, and Guerneville's underwater all the time. Yeah. Um, but in this case, they're saying the three strongest El Nino winters were 82, 83, um, 97, 98. And even though there was a strong El Nino in 2015-2016, there, there wasn't a huge there wasn't a huge uh, downfall of rain. What? We didn't get the wet conditions that we were expecting. There and and yeah, there was a period. There was like February or March or something. With but 2015-16 supposed to be an El Nino year. Well, the El Nino only bar. describes the conditions at the equator. Yeah. So that so the the water temperature at the equator was warm then. It just didn't translate for us into what should have happened, which was going to be the wet winter. Um, the the La Nina conditions of 2016 and 17 actually saw saw the drought buster storms that came through. Yeah, the the Carnival Barker that is Danny Romero on Channel Seven. I forgot their call letters. Um, he he says rain in the forecast, and then he, you stick through the commercials, which you pay close attention to. But not here and not now. Yeah, and it's only he's calling five percent rain in the forecast, but legally, it is rain in the forecast five percent. Da- Dallas rains. His bar is like twenty percent, and then he makes a fist and pumps it at the camera. Twenty percent is his rain in the forecast. Then thumb up backwards. What I've got all that's what he does. He does the crouch. Yeah, Dallas rains. And he goes right. rain and coming up rain in the forecast, and he points at the camera. And then he pulls it back, turns into a thumbs up. Oh, I get it. Danny Romero just points and promises rain. Is, uh, do they all go to the same tanning place? I hope so. And I want some consistency. I was waiting for that scene in, Anchor- in Anchorman, either one or two. Maybe they'll put it in the third Wasn't one. that a huge uh, uh, missed opportunity to have a weatherman? I mean, because Brick Tamlin... Is a great character. He's really, really stupid. But they were they were missing that one thing that he just needed a huge tan. Loud the- noises. <laughs> I hate your chocolate squirrel. And <laughs> that's what they needed. They needed a you know a shiny suit and a tan on Brick Tamblin. Yeah, something with pinstripes. There's a pinstripes. party in my pants. Uh, music news when we come back. Specifically, Fleetwood Mac is being sued, not for sucking. <laughs> That's been although, tied. That's although, been tied up for years in the yeah, courts. The cla- that class action suit is still <laughs> pending, uh, but we'll talk about why Fleetwood Mac is getting sued. Coming back to the Gary and Shannon Show, Brian suit sitting in today. Do you need me? Do you think I'm pretend? Do I make you feel like cheating? I'm like no, not really, cause oh, I think that I found myself a cheerleader. 
that's Brian Suit sitting in today. A couple of the uh, stories that we've been following today. There was a debate that was originally planned tonight between uh, Senator Bill Nelson and his challenger, Republican uh, Governor Rick Scott, running for Senate. Uh, needless to say, it's been postponed. They're pretty busy. CNN said that this live debate that was planned for uh, for Tuesday night, actually, is going to be rescheduled for a later date. They've still they've been running around the uh, Florida panhandle trying to get into some of the TV shots uh, of the cleanup of what has been just an absolute mess. And you know who was too soon for Lincoln jokes? The guy who directs This Is Us, Ken Olin, <clears throat> who used to be on 30-something. On, on the night of when Michael hit Mexico City, Mexico City Beach or Mexico Beach, whatever it's called, um, he tweeted out to Governor Rick Scott, hey, Rick, how's the weather down there? And wow. and I, I I replied to him and I said, a-hole, people died in Florida today. Yeah. And and he ha- he has his leg humpers in this town. They're like, well, they're going to or we'll die if Rick Scott doesn't stop denying climate change. Really? You know, they've <laughs> done, it turns out there were hurricanes before the Industrial Revolution. What? What? Um, Turkey, by the way, has rejected the president's assertion that U.S. pressure contributed to the release from house arrest of a, an American pastor being held uh, in Turkey. Communications director for President Erdogan uh, voiced objection to the president's comments in a tweet that the U.S. had worked very hard over the case of the pastor. No, we were going to release him anyway. Yeah, it was going to happen. That's what they uh, want us all to believe. Well, Lindsey Buckingham is suing Fleetwood Mac. Lindsey Buckingham says that he should be paid his share of the tour proceeds for Fleetwood Mac because he's ready and willing to perform with the band. They just don't want him. This this is their only listenable song to me. Hypnotized before he even joined the band. I hate Fleetwood Mac. I'm part of the class action suit for them sucking. (laughs) You know what the settlement was? No. They gave away 8 million copies of Best of Blue Easter Cult. It's like, what's the difference? In January... Uh, Lindsey Buckingham told was told by his manager that the rest of the band would be touring without him, and he says that none of the bandmates are returning his calls and explaining why. This is one of the stupid. This is one of the things I've never understood about music because I, I was never part of a band outside of the singing group Bad Juju when I was in high school. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, we've never really had any uh, any problems. Our drummer, of course, blew up, but other than that, we we did we got along just fine. <laughs> Thinking of the the comic Mitch Hedberg, who said, "Yeah, I was in a death metal band, but we weren't very good, so we called ourselves badly injured." <laughs> Lindsey Buckingham is suing Mick Fleetwood, Stevie Nicks, Christy McVie, John McVie, claiming that he should still be paid his share of the tour revenues because he still wants and is able to perform. Um, he was with them from 75 to 87. He left, of course, of his own volition to go after a solo career. Um, they were I'm, holding him back. I'm looking at you, Timberlake. Uh, and then rejoined the group in 1997. Because it turns out he sucked. Right. Um, because you can't do that thing on your own. You ran out of money. Without, you know, the great voice of uh, even Stevie Nicks, if you want to say that she had a great voice. You know what? Uh, two words for Lindsey Buckingham. Brand son. Branson, Missouri, get down there. The the, the Lindsey Buckingham Theater, two two shows a night, the longest shoreline in in the United States, the Lake of the Ozarks. It's all there, man. Just watch the show. Money laundering with uh, yeah. Marty Bird, and I have no idea why. If you if you can't do permanent residence in Vegas, whatever the hell Celine Dion did, uh, then you go to Branson. Yeah. 
Well, and it seems like the, there you would be able to, in terms of residency, if you're in Vegas, you got to fill a 2,500-seat arena, 25, 3,000, whatever it is. In Branson, you could probably be live like a king and fill a 300-seat theater five times a night or five times a week. Yeah, but he's suing. Ladies and gentlemen, my client wants the right to suck. He would like to get on the bus. But he doesn't with, want to do it by himself. Yes. He wants to do it with four people around him. He's... They're going to be uh, ODing on uh, on on insurer, and they're going to be mixing the Viagra in with the insurer and the Cuddy Sark. Get loaded, get a boner. Well, the the I, there was one that Fleetwood Mac Rumors album was the only album that was available to us when we were doing our radio production class in college, and you know. it was it was the good old days where you had two turntables, two record turntables. Oh, you did vinyl. Yes. Good for you. And a cartridge, which looked like uh, like an eight-track tape. And we had to go from the end of a commercial, which was recorded on that that cart, we'd have to go from the end of the commercial to the beginning of the song and walk it right up to the lyrics. And everybody chose... uh, And that's called posting. That's called hitting the post. Yes. So everybody picked the same song, and it was uh, off that Rumors album. But that thing was so scratched What song? So nasty. It was that. It was was Rhiannon. Oh, really? Yeah. I would have done Cashmere. Well, that's different. Up at Rock 104. You would have When I did a morning show. We, we, uh, once a week, we were allowed to play Cashmere during the morning drive. And I would, you know, shuddy and shoddy show in the East Bay. Currently 85 in Livermore, 86 in Concord. It's going to get up to 99 in American Seaport City, Stockton, right here in Modesto. Water, wealth, contentment, health. It is 81, and then Robert Plant would hit. And then he hit just like that. Yeah. Could you do it to this? No, oh, I just inherently, I don't even hear it. They suck so bad. You can't even hear it. It's like, yeah, looking at a vampire to mirror. I can't even, I don't know. What are you talking about, Gary? Is there Never music playing? Never mind. I uh, <laughs> sorry. Get some Zeppelin. I get get some Zeppelin. Your step. We um, we have a movie review coming out in every the, day at five o'clock. In the one o'clock hour, uh, Brian got to see First Man last night. Um, paid and and he paid for it. Paid for it. So we'll get his uh, his reaction to that uh, when we do Mo on the movies as well. When Mo Kelly comes through. In the, we're also going to give you an update on uh, what's going on with Hurricane Michael down in Florida and the keep cleanup in the 1 o'clock hour. But Gas Fantasy foreplay coming up, Swamp Watch. We'll talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C., and all, all of our trending stories when we come back. Oh, we've got $1,000 we're going to be giving away as well after the news at the top of the hour. Hey. <laughs> you turned it up. I mean, uh, what, what, what do you mean? What are you, what are you playing with the mouse for, Gary? What are you doing on the computer? I don't hear anything. Gary and Shannon. Friday, October 12th. Brian Suits sitting in today. Shannon's on her way to uh, all of the uh, great center states. She's going to Cleveland for uh, Sunday's game. Chargers and uh, the Browns. And the Bakers. The Bakers. They're going to change the name to the Bakers? Yeah, it should be like a little... Doughboy with a hat. Um, for those of you who don't pay attention to football season until baseball season is over, Dodgers are in Milwaukee tonight. Game one of the National League Championship Series between the Dodgers and the Brewers. First pitch at about 440. Uh, sorry, that's Monday's game is at 440. We actually have a couple of tickets that we're going to be giving away. This says to game one of the NLCS. Just so everybody knows. That ain't Nick. 
the game one of Los Angeles portion of right. the NLCS. It says game one of the NLCS. That's actually tonight. The tickets we're going to be giving away will be for Monday's game, game three. That's very L.A. to only count the games that are at Chavez Ravine. <laughs> That's true. And only for the for the... Probably from the fourth inning on, our tickets don't get you into the game until you get to the fourth. Because because L.A. Why even try? Why go? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Actually, you can get in early anyway. Um, but first pitch on Monday's game, game three of the NLCS, will be at 4:40 in the afternoon. So we'll tell you how you can win those tickets coming up. In just and the a bit. Doyer should be one and one by Monday. Should be going in there with a. It should. They should take one in Milwaukee. I think this is a. This may go all seven games. I think and. For our friends down the hallway, they would love it if it went all seven yeah. games. You're home of the Dodgers, AM570, KLAC, LA Sports. When um, when we give away $1,000, we'll tell you how you can do that before, probably before we go to the commercial break. But right now is when we do what's trending. Time for What's Happening. These are uh, the stories that are trending Right here in the great city of Los Angeles on social media, etc. And the big one over the last 24 hours, 24, 48 hours, has been Anthony Rauda. This guy who was suspected in a string of burglaries arrested at Malibu Hills campsite for carrying a rifle in violation of his parole. Now, there's a few things going on here. They believe that he is a, a, a burglary suspect or he is a burglary suspect. There is also a chance, depending on how ballistics comes back on the rifle that he was carrying or any other weapons they may find with him, whether or not that rifle would be tied to the shooting of Tristan Baudet. The really weird out of left field guy camping with his two daughters yeah. in a tent. Not uh, There were other people reported uh, shotgun damage to their cars, and there's nothing they can do with that. But I, lo- I love this that uh, Calabasas burglary suspect described by family member as reclusive if by reclusive you mean living up in the malibu mountains uh, in a remote campsite and uh, only only checking in for holidays right uh, and it, and even then he would uh, leave in the middle of the night and say i've got to go back to my cave so this dude was on state parole right yes i believe it was state parole aren't there mandatory uh check-ins check-ins at your place of residence the l- large oak tree right off of uh, <laughs> topanga <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Uh, I don't know. I guess you're right. They would have to check his place, right? How hard did you knock? <laughs> I, just, no, I, was, I, I didn't was, hear it. I was, Monday? I was there. So I was strange. there. The big, um, the big one? But this, yeah, and they were talking. We talked with Eric Leonard yesterday. He's been on this story for NBC4. Uh, the ballistics tests of the the crime scene itself, I mean, the tent, et cetera, whatever shot was fired that killed Tristan Baudet was <clears> fired far away. It wasn't close to the tent. And if you're far enough away, there's no way you're going to have any ability to know who's in a tent, who you're going to hit behind that fabric. Yeah. It's, he just randomly shot at a tent. Could have just as easily killed one of the little girls who was in the tent. And in the same way, they didn't reveal the caliber of the weapon the, uh, that murdered uh, the man. Uh, they're not revealing the caliber of the weapon in this case either. But there's a – I have it on good authority that uh, we're – you would go bet the farm on these odds that it is the same yeah. weapon. Uh, Facebook now says that hackers have accessed data of 29 million accounts, part of the, the security breach that we first told you about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, originally, they said 50 million accounts could have been affected, but they're not quite sure if they had been misused or not. Hey, I don't want to swim downstream. Yes. But if you turn off your mic in three seconds, I'll tell you what the weapon was. Um, in three, three two, two, one. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm in. We just put our order in for lunch, mm-hmm. too. Uh, there was a homeless guy uh, accused of molesting a girl at a hurricane shelter. This is in the aftermath of hurricane... I got an accent there. The aftermath of Hurricane Michael. 60-year-old guy, John Stapleton, inappropriately touched the girl inside Davidson Middle School. Used to house those forced to evacuate during the storm. Um, witness told cops she saw a video of the young victim being touched in a lewd manner underneath her clothing. Why did she see a video of this? Like live videos? Don't they mean like I don't know? Or they went back and rolled up the video? I've never heard of Okaloosa County. Uh, yeah. doing, I think at this point, I think they're just playing with Scrabble tiles and pulling out six letters. Pretty soon, we're going to have an Appalachaloosa and an Okacola. Yeah. Um, there was an Emmy winner, an Emmy winning uh, crew member who died on the set of the the next Mister Rogers movie. We haven't had enough of them, so uh, Tom Hanks is going to be playing Mr. Rogers in this upcoming movie. guy named James Emswiller won an Emmy in 2015, was taking a smoke break when he had a heart attack. They make it sound like there was a stunt that went wrong and he fell off a balcony. He probably died from the heart attack and fell off the balcony. Yeah, this is not exactly Vic Morrow and two Vietnamese kids. No. (laughs) Up the uh, Santa Clarita River. Although The Twilight Zone uh, was a great movie. Uh, It turns out that he was taken to UPMC Mercy Hospital and pronounced dead about three hours later. His Emmy was for outstanding sound mixing for a limited series for the HBO production of Bessie. Yeah, that's those Emmys that they do during the commercials. Nobody nobody saw that one except, uh, except the other crew members. Well... Yesterday, we're still seeing all of this trending stuff from Kanye's visit to the White House. Oh, here's, here's by the way, the, Kanye talking about when he took his, his phone out of his pocket and wanted to show the president something. I brought a gift with me right here. Um, this right here is the iPlane 1. It's a hydrogen-powered uh, airplane, and this is what our president should be flying in. Look at this jerk. Yeah, because you want him to be the dopest, flyest, fly machine and president. For people who are who are thinking that, hey, what's this deal with dropping T's? Uh, no, he said gif, uh, not yes. gift. Yeah. He brought a a, uh, a looped video called a gif because it's a graphic, uh, whatever format, graphic internet format. It's not gif. If you're saying gif. Just punch yourself. Just I, and I'm Sounds serious. Sounds funny, right? So I don't have to do it right now. Make a fist and punch yourself, Blake. That's that angry sorority letter. <laughs> punch yourself. Do I say GIF somewhere on the on the on the campus and say GIF so that I don't have to chase you down and punch you. Well, the big deal was when he took his phone out. He punched in, of course, his password for his iPhone, which turned out to be one. If you're, if you're writing it down, zero 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 zero. Okay, in his defense, that's shorter than password. It is shorter than password, uh, but it's also the easiest one to remember. Uh, he, this. Well, and by the way, do you use the fingerprint? Mm. Who doesn't use a fingerprint? Uh, oh, you mean to open it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, you could do either way. There are times like if you restart my phone, you have to enter in your code. Yeah. But in I the privacy of. But you, know, I, you also don't have to do six numbers. Yeah, that's you, that's what I didn't get. I thought he was more wired than that. So. And, I guess not. He went straight to the Apple store, according to uh, according to a couple of different media reports. And then did you see what he asked to do? No. He asked the manager, can I make a keynote address? And he jumped up on a desk. And everyone, this is all over Twitter, 
And, he's, and, oh. he, and he sat, sat there lecturing people about you know technology standing on the table. Yeah. So if I went to if I went to the the Apple Store in the uh, Valencia Town Center and stood on the table like this, yeah. How long do you think before I get my feet pulled out from under me? Oh no, you'd identify yourself as the PA announcer for uh, the West Range Girls <laughs> Volleyball yeah. Program. They'd go, well, we, you're a little late, but we're we're ready for you, Mr. Hoffman. By the way, senior night went well. Thank you for asking. Oh yeah, uh, there were some tears, and uh, those girls played their hearts off. Hearts out? Hearts out. Excellent. And they did make the playoffs, but we don't know where they're going to go. All right. When we come back, Gas Fantasy 4 play. Play along with us. We're going to pick four football games, see if we can pick all of the winners. And I think for Brian, on the line is your choice of beverage, whatever's in our fridge right oh. now, if you can if you can pick all four. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. But first, we're going to give away $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's WIN to 200-200. If you win, they give you a call. So you're going to have to answer even if it's from a number you don't recognize. If you don't answer, they move on to somebody who will. If you don't win, you got another chance next hour between 105 and 120. In fact, you have a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday from 5 in the morning with Jonesy and Wake Up Call all the way through the first hour of The Conway Show. Gary and Shannon, Brian Suits filling in. What are you waiting for? Suits in today on this Friday, October 12th. Stories that we have been following. One of the two men charged in that warehouse fire up in Oakland that killed 36 people. He's trying to resurrect a uh, plea deal. Derek Almena is expected to argue in court that a judge back in August rejected an agreement wrongly. He has agreed to plead no contest to 36 counts of involuntary manslaughter in exchange for a nine-year prison sentence. Nine-year prison sentence. Uh, We've also been following, obviously, what's been going on in the aftermath of uh, Hurricane Michael as it makes its way, what's left of it, out to the Atlantic Ocean. Authorities now in Virginia uh, are providing details of a firefighter death. He was responding to a crash as uh, Michael made its way through Virginia. Lieutenant Brad Clark died at the scene when a tractor trailer hit his fire engine as he was going on the way. So the death toll, it appears, from Michael is up to 13 confirmed dead but they're still talking about going through some of those homes especially in places like mexico beach florida where there are just entire neighborhoods that have been wiped out um well one of the things that we like to do on fridays here is our gas fantasy foreplay at least during the uh, the football season where we pick four games and then we try to pick the winners each of us tries to pick the winners of those four games uh this week shannon's out ray is out Brian gets to choose for that team. So my, if I win, that's twice as many. That goes on to Shannon and, though that just goes on to Shannon's total. Just Shannon. Because Ray so, is yeah. the guest picker. For Ray me. is the guest picker for the for Team Shannon. Oh, okay, so she's so horrible at all of that. We're just, so we're just picking the winner, just straight up, okay. just a straight up winner. And Nick is going to tell us which games. What's our first game, Nick? You got the Carolina Panthers uh, playing the Redskins. And that is in Washington. In Washington, yes. All right, so if you're into that. Uh, Nick, I'll let – no, I take that back. Brian, I will let you go first. Game one, Panthers-Redskins. Uh, Panthers have a two-game winning streak, but uh, i got to say home team on this one. 
I think the Redskins are going to beat them. All right. Nick? RFK. I'll do Whoever Redskins is. also. Uh, Blake? Uh, I think McCaffrey will get it done. I'm going with the Panthers on that one. Okay, I agree with you. Panthers as well. I don't think Alex Smith is. Wait, going. am I allowed to mock? Is yes, that part of absolutely. The game? This is uh, this is why we. This is sports talk radio. Of course, you can mock. Nick, what is game two? All right, game two. We have the Indianapolis Colts at New York Jets. Wow, uh, Nick, I'll let you go. Colts Jets. Which mascot do you like better? Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to know what to do if we haven't picked yet. Is, is the New York Jets mascot a literal jet? Yes. All right, cool. I'm going to do that. Okay, Blake? Uh, I, have, I have the Jets, too, but not for that reason. <laughs> yeah, this is, Indianapolis is miserable, and the Sam Darnold Express yes. hits another. It's yeah, it's going to win. I think it's a sweep. The Jets are going to be uh, the Jets I pick as well. All right, game three. All right, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cincinnati playing the Bengals. This is hard, man. Andy Dalton and that red hair. Yeah, have been just on fire. Four and, and I, one. And I don't think that Ben Roethlisberger continues um, his one-game win streak. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he piles up. I picked the Bengals in this one. Brian? Uh, same, samey, same, same. Uh, uh, yeah, they're four and one. They're a very quiet four and one. Very quiet four and Bengals. one. Bengals. Blake? I have the Bengals, too. And then Nick? I have the Bengals as well. Why? No, no, no re- it's my strategy. I can't tell you. You can't just pick the ones that we pick. That's not my strategy. Okay. That's literally your strategy two weeks in a row. Yeah, I know. I'm switching it up this time. (laughs) All right. All right. Finally, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. They will be playing the New England Patriots. This is the primetime game on Sunday night for good reason. Um, Shannon, somewhere, wherever she is in the air, is still crying over her belittling of Patrick Mahomes. Really? Yeah. She thought he was going to be a big nothing, and he has been fantastic. Uh, Blake, Chiefs, Patriots. I figure at some point, mm-hmm. picking against the Chiefs will work. Right. Is I'm, it this week that I'm, you do I'm it? I'm sure hoping so. Okay. Because I'm going to keep picking against them. So and you... I just think they may be <laughs> – the Chiefs have an awful, awful defense. Yes. And Tom Brady can score against anybody, so he'll definitely score against awful defense. So I think I think the Patriots figured out. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm same way. Kansas City is five and zero, but New England at home is just unbeatable. And uh, yeah, the Patriots. Easy. I agree, Patriots. Not easy. Don't, don't but, bet against the old man. But I do think this is going to be one of those games where it's like uh, fifty six to fifty two. Yeah. Um, and then Nick Chiefs Patriots Patriots. All right, here's how you're going to do this. Uh, if you want to play along with us, make sure you tweet us something like uh, my this week's picks for the hashtag Gas Fantasy Four Play, and then tell us who you think is going to win. And then on Monday, we will reconnoiter and we will figure out what it is that you're going to win if you can pick all four games correctly. Panthers-Redskins, Colts-Jets, Steelers-Bengals, Chiefs-Patriots. Coming back, we'll get into Swamp Watch and talk about what's going on home in team Washington, sweep. D.C. Home it team is a home sweep. team uh, No, I picked the Panthers in Washington. So. Sucker. <laughs> Gary and Shannon with Brian Suit sitting in. We'll continue. Take me to church. bunch of stories here big stories today uh, obviously the aftermath of hurricane michael the death toll is up to 13 confirmed it is going to go up from that unfortunately because we've seen some of the destruction in places like mexico beach uh, areas of panama city 
Destin, Florida, even all of these places that have been hit. Uh, we were just also looking at the latest uh, from Tyndall Air Force Base, and there were still some F-22s that were on the ground that did not get out. Um, they were under repair at the time and may just be complete losses now, I would assume. Yeah, the thing, uh, up to 11 F-22s, which we don't make anymore, so that's one issue. Issue number two, they were expensive as <clears throat> get-out uh, in the first place. So, so 11 F-22s to acquire um, was close to a billion dollars. Uh, the uh, Burning Man, for those of you who are big Burning Man fans uh, and cuddle puddles and orgy tents, the Burning Man organization has opened a year-round satellite office in Reno. No. So. I did mornings in Reno <laughs> when it was still a, a fun thing. Do you know the da- old downtown post office? Oh, yeah. Office, right there on the Truckee River? Uh, that's, I guess, the office that they've but taken John Esquaga's Nugget. Poor guy. Uh, it was It was fun. I went once in 93. To Burning Man? Yeah. Did you get uh, dusty? Oh, yeah. It was horrible. And at the end, they actually they used a Volkswagen engine block, you know, which are made of magnesium, mm-hmm. to start up the Burning Man. And, and everybody, we were so close. We, we literally got solar burns. We got radiation. You know, in, uh, we, we got sunburned, and, and we didn't know it uh, until the next From morning. From the magnesium. Yeah, we had to go back a mile. I mean, it was like we're staring at a highway flare. Basically, that's what a magnesium <laughs> fire looks like. It was stupid. Uh, all right. 1230, time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Well, we're talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C. One of the big deals that's been uh, happening in and around Washington, D.C. is the apparent capture and killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, uh, who was at times working for The Washington Post, a Saudi insider uh, who was very critical of the administration. They've called him an activist at times. The story is that he went to Istanbul, Turkey, apparently to get wedding documents or documents he would need to get married. And he went to the Saudi consulate there in Istanbul and never came out. Turkey says it has evidence that the Saudis brought in a 15-member kill team uh, and disposed of this guy, at least parts of him, uh, in different places. And cleaned it up because they they called Mr. Wolf and they, and they cleaned it up. And do you want some inside baseball on this? The Turkish intelligence have audio and video. Because I because they they knew what was going to happen to this guy they they told him they could protect him they knew what was going to happen to him this was a setup uh, I mean they they knew what, what was in store for him they didn't stop it they have video of it they have audio of it and they're they're going to release it uh, prior to actually raiding the Saudi consulate which will be the height of embarrassment for the king of Saudi Arabia, which is exactly what the Turks want. Well, I, And this might happen this weekend, as soon as tomorrow. My question is, this guy has been a, a, a vocal critic of the of the uh, kingdom, he uh, of the, the ruling family. What would, what did he expect? I mean, what was he thinking, that he that he would go into a Saudi consulate and and just walk out? He his his fiance, who's Turkish, said You'll be protected. I think it's fine. It's it's on the Turkish soil. It's not an embassy. Turkish law prevails inside that building. They won't dare touch you. They they're not that stupid. What can go wrong? And Turkish intelligence said, "Yeah, we got your back. Not a problem. Give us a date and time. We'll even escort you. The whole thing." 
And and I think that I think the Turks knew what was going to happen, and and this is this is how they have audio and, and and video. But but for him, you're right. It's like, look, sweetie, I love you, and I love Turkey. Can't wait to marry you. But I'm I'm not going in anything with the royal Saudi flag flying above it. Uh, it, it so if this, legally speaking, if this had been uh, taken place in an embassy, if he had gone into the embassy somewhere, since it, that would be the soil of the kingdom of Saudi yeah. Arabia. We would never hear of this. Perhaps. Literally, a Lib- when, in the 80s, a Libyan staffer at their London embassy pointed an AK-47 out the window during a protest, and he killed a me- London Metropolitan Policewoman named Louise Flesh- Fletcher. That guy and the AK got on a plane and flew back to Libya. There was nothing the Brits could do about it. A couple of Democratic— but That's an embassy, not a consulate. The couple of Democratic Congress members, um, Mark Pocan of Wisconsin and Ro Khanna of here in California, are circulating a letter to um, DNI Dan Coates looking for signatures. They want to know if the Trump administration warned Jamal Khashoggi of any threats against him and have said that they're going to link their efforts to end U.S. support for Saudi Arabia in the Yemeni civil war that's been going on. And that's the thing that I was talking to you about last hour, about so-called duty to warn. Yeah. Uh, ever since 2015, they're, uh, they're, they're, the intelligence community, FBI, CIA, on, on counterterror, FBI, if they uh, discover or, or reveal intelligence under a FISA warrant that an American citizen overseas or here is going to be, war- is going to be harmed, they have a duty to warn. And even if it blows the operation, they have a duty to warn that citizen, hey, I ain't saying nothing, but you might want to not take that flight. But this guy's not Whatever. a citizen, too. And that's the other thing. Is they, weren't, they didn't have a camera on him all the time. He's, he's uh, uh, here on a working visa. He's not a permanent resident, not an American citizen. And he worked for the Washington Post, but he wasn't an American journalist. I would have advised him, don't go back to Saudi Arabia. Uh, don't go to any Saudi client state. Don't go to Bosnia. Don't go into their consulate in Santa Monica at 1045 Sotel. Don't walk in there. Don't go to – don't – just cut your ties to but the he kingdom, was, dude. But he was safe in Turkey. He it's thought. That, it's that the decision to go into the consulate was the, the fatal yeah. error. <clears throat> that's that where his bodyguard, his escorts, who are not in the video, they're the ones who released it. It's Turkish intelligence. That's where they said, we can't go in there with you. They know us. They know all of us. But don't worry. It's Turkish soil. Not a problem. You know – I, at this point, I, knowing how the how Turkish intelligence operates, they probably they probably knew exactly what was going to happen to him when he went in there because this is all an operation on their part to embarrass Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia is complying. They did something really, really, really stupid. And we get called into this as well because of our relationship with Saudi Arabia, because of our relationship with Turkey, and, of course, looming over all of this is this $100 billion uh, weapons and arms deal that uh, we have with Saudi Arabia. $110 billion. 110. It just went up by 10 Huge, huge deal. Uh, we come back. We're going to talk about why it is people feel like uh, attacking a senator – and then posting it online is a good idea, even though they got their pants handed to them. And why Why are you using your kids for this? Uh, that, well, I'll play this audio of somebody confronting uh, Senator Bill Cassidy in the halls of the Senate, uh, some Senate office building. They're just walking around. Uh, also, the latest on the debate between uh, Kevin DeLeon and Dianne Feinstein, but don't call it a debate, said LL Cool J. Gary and Shannon will continue. Brian Suit sitting in.
Gary and Shannon. We've been uh, following a bunch of uh, bunch of stories. We also, uh, obviously, the Hurricane Michael aftermath is going to be a big story, especially going in through the weekend. Uh, the death toll is up to 13 people from Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, and uh, a death in Virginia now of a firefighter who was responding to a traffic accident uh, was run into by a semi-truck. His fire engine was run into by a semi-truck, so he has been considered one of those lost into the, in the storm in the aftermath of Hurricane Michael. Uh, the typhus story that we've talked about, the outbreak continues spreading now, and they're talking about four new cases in the Willowbrook area. So the the total number of patients in L.A. County this year of typhus cases, 63. Willowbrook? Yes. <clears throat> Is this another one that I'm Googling? Uh, the location of? Is that like right downtown L.A.? No, no. Uh, but it's just east of that, I believe. Um, the thing is, before we started doing the typhus story here, there were about, you know, 200 cases of typhus in the nation a year. And we've already got 63 in the last few. I mean, granted, it is uh, over the course of this year, but 63 in one place. And there's 200 in the entire country. So. Willowbrook, oh, I see, just south of the 110, right there by Comptown. I, I, look, I, I, I don't know what it is in Los Angeles between... Wealthy people not vaccinating their kids and then getting exposed to tuberculosis from Consuelo, the illegal Guatemalan pool boy or woman. Uh, there's that. Uh, and and now because apparently businesses aren't paying for garbage removal, uh, rats with typhus are, are the next thing. I, I'm inoculated. Are you? Yes. I'm, I for got my DPT. Typhus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got your sure. diphtheria. My uh, my daughter's vaccinated. We took her to a medical doctor. I got and and he put a needle in her. I I have I'm all up to date. Says my wife. I, I give my dogs their annual. I was going to say I even have a lepto and parvo inoculations. I think you, you know. I heard you mention pneumonia earlier. There's an easy way to fix that. Uh, I get pneumovax once a decade. Oh, you get pneumovax. You're vaccinated against pneumonia. Because what a hundred years ago in Los Angeles. 100 years ago, according to coroner records, literally on street corners in downtown Los Angeles, 20 to 30 people, healthy people in their 20s and 30s were dropping dead because of the Spanish from flu. The pneumo. From the influenza. Yeah. And and they weren't dying from the influenza. They were It, it made you susceptible to pneumonia. 90% of that worldwide pandemic, uh, the, the deaths were due to pneumonia. Uh, you, I, I had that. What was that bird flu we had in two thousand eight or nine? Yes, H1N1. my wife had it when she was pregnant. But we got over it. She didn't get pneumonia. We got through it together. Yeah, the flu don't. Some flu does kill you, but it's but it's it's, it's pneumonia. And in one hundred years ago, in this town in Burbank, there were dead horses on Olive Avenue. They'd lie there all day long, and at the end of the day, they'd take them away. That was called sanitation. And a hundred years ago, you would not have been uh, allowed to have garbage pile up on Western Avenue in downtown L.A. Uh, or in Burbank. Uh, this is insane that it's 2008. It's a hundred years after the worst pandemic in human history. And we're talking about typhus. We, you know, we closed theaters for a couple months. And the theater, after the first wave was over, the theater owners went to the city council and said, hey, open up our, our movie theaters again. 
And they did. And guess what happened? The second wave of Spanish flu <laughs> killed more people than the first wave. Um, in Washington, D.C., Senator Elizabeth Warren is firing back at John Kelly. There was a report yesterday that he called her an impolite, arrogant woman in an email last year. He's talking about Senator Elizabeth Warren, the Democrat from Massachusetts. John Kelly wrote, according to BuzzFeed News, what an impolite, arrogant woman. She immediately began insulting our people, accusing them of not following the court order, insulting and abusive behavior towards those covered by the pause, blah, blah, blah. That's his writing. Was I tough? Um, uh, she, he wrote, absolutely the most insulting conversation I have ever had with anyone. For the record, she is a woman. <laughs> she wrote on Twitter today, was I tough on John Kelly in that phone call? You bet I was. Apparently, he thought I was an impolite, arrogant woman. That's all he had to say when he was called about uh, called out for breaking the law and destroying lives, referring to the blah, blah, blah. Um, just because you are a woman does not mean you cannot also be called impolite and arrogant. If she robbed right? me, uh, like, yes. like, for instance, if she gave me something mm -hmm. and then came back and asked for it back. Yes. Uh, no. I forgot what the term. If she gave me an item and then a few minutes later came back and said, I want that back. Give me that back. I want that back. I, again, I forgot the term for that. But anyway, when I called Burbank PD, I would say she was impolite. Uh, she was arrogant. And uh, she was about five foot three. She was a woman. Uh, and she was, a, she was a primarily Caucasian woman. She looked white to me. High cheekbones. But uh, she came and took back the thing that she gave me, and that's just frankly unfair. Just moments later. Yeah, I don't. So I forget, I forget what it's called. I'm not in fourth grade. I don't use that term. Uh, next week, um, next Wednesday, as a matter of fact, the Public Policy Institute of California is hosting a conversation between um, State Senator Kevin DeLeon and uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein as they run against each other uh, for her seat. You know what Detective Callahan would say? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Twelve ten Wednesday. It's going to be streamed online. They, by the way, her people. But no one's are, even. It's not even being carried by an actual TV. No, nobody. Cares. Really? Nobody cares. You want to hear these two go on? Oh, over? good lord, no. Uh, they will be discussing things. It will be a conversation. We saw this with uh, with uh, Gavin Newsom and John Cox last week, where nobody wanted to call it a debate. They wanted to call it a conversation or yeah. a discussion or That's something That's how you like get that. on public radio. Oh, my God. In this case, Mark Baldessare, I think is how you say his name, from PPIC. And uh, Gavin is not running against John Cox. If you look at his commercials, he's running against Trump because Cox equals Trump. Exactly. And it's very easy for John Cox to avoid that, but he hasn't done very much in terms no, of... No, because he's the wrong candidate. Getting that out there. Travis Allen guy, the guy who fought in the Republican primary, he'd be out there calling Gavin out. Uh, for serving alcohol to his 18-year-old uh, mistress or his girlfriend at at uh, AT&T Park at Giants games. Well, that and the hair would kind of cancel each other out. They wouldn't have, you know, it'd be much more of a ho horse race between those two heads. Yeah, but I'm not hearing John Cox point out the immorality of this dirtbag. He slept with his campaign manager's wife, uh, provided alcohol to, no, to a 19-year-old. You know who did that uh, was was Antonio Villaraigosa. They were going after each uh, other. Yeah. Someone should have bonked Villaraigosa on the head and said, 
you're a Republican, and done a Gilligan's <laughs> Island on him. You know, have him wake With a up. coconut? Yeah, and just backfill his amnesia. Uh, yeah, you've been a dyed-in-the-wool Republican. Coming oh. back, we're going to give you an update on what's going on with uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Michael. We do have Dodgers tickets we're going to give away to Game 3, which is coming up on Monday. So a way for you to win some movie tickets and $1,000 to give away in the next hour on The Gary and Shannon Show. It's too hard to sleep. I got the sheets on the floor. Nothing on me. Gary and Shannon. It's Friday, October 12th. Mo Kelly's going to join us in a few minutes. We'll do some more on the movies. Brian got to see First Man. It's uh, the sequel to La La Land. We'll talk about that. We have some Dodgers tickets we're going to give away before the end of the show. We're going to tell you how you can win some movie tickets. We're also going to give away $1,000. A lot of that stuff is coming up. Uh, We also have... A uh, uh, Some stories that we've been following. The stocks actually climbed today. There was a pretty good day on Wall Street. The Dow was up 285 points. That's where it finished up just a few minutes ago. 287, it looks like. Uh, but we're still on track for the worst week since March. The worst week we've had in six months. Banks were, uh, were hit pretty hard today. A lot of financial stocks. Um, remember Facebook's breach they said they may have had uh, lost user data for 50 million people or at least it was compromised now they said uh, did i say 50 i meant 30 30 is a better number however um mark zuckerberg was one of those who got his information uh, potentially taken they said that uh, you've got usernames phone numbers email addresses uh, about half of them and then the other half had an even wider set of data exposed including the last 10 places they checked into or were tagged in on their Facebook profiles. And also, Dateline Spain, 1489, typhus is a thing. We've been talking about typhus and the spread of typhus in some of the dirtier areas downtown along Skid Row. Four more cases reported in the Willowbrook area of Los Angeles, south of downtown. So we're up to 63 cases in L.A. County of typhus. 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 When the Spaniards went after the Moors, they lost more people to typhus. Yeah. When we wrested Cuba and Puerto Rico from the clutches of Spain, 90% of the casualties in the Spanish-American War were from uh, diseases, tropical diseases, including malaria and then uh, typhus. Yes, we, we normally, normally uh, modernized societies eradicate disease. This is why we vaccinate. That's why we police up our garbage. Or we used to. We used to on a pretty regular basis, but now it's, uh, you know. And, and, and like I said, what, what my my frame of reference for this is that I've been in the third world. And, you know, in the third world, what they try to do? Sanitize. They try to make it clean. And here we are in arguably one of the most advanced places on earth. And we're sitting here allowing garbage to accumulate. Uh, and Which is, to, to me, I mean, this is... I don't. I don't blame the rats. And like I said yesterday, I'm frankly surprised Garcetti didn't thank the rats for their service and hire them as health health inspectors. But I don't get it. Why aren't you knocking on these businesses and saying we are removing this? You will get a bill, and if you don't pay it, you're going to get closed. You're going to help. Be, you're going to be held responsible yeah. for what's going on. I mean, if this is the produce <clears throat> district down there, and a lot of the trash that we've been seeing is produce that, of course, is going to uh, draw rodents like that. What a shocker! Uh, yeah. Food left out, and this is, and it's because they don't live down there. Because the, the the people who are who are leaving their garbage there, they they drive elsewhere. They don't live down there. They're not affected by this. But uh, I, I just I want I'm waiting. Uh, gosh, I hope it doesn't happen. But I'm waiting for some hipster to get typhus. 
which is, you know, you probably haven't heard of it. I have other tropical diseases that I've been into. I've been into typhus for years. I, mean, I like all their old stuff. You probably yeah, never heard of it. Never heard of typhus. Yeah, you're you're still on totally uh, tuberculosis. All right, uh, Hurricane Michael. The storm itself, what was Hurricane Michael, has now moved it out onto the uh, Atlantic, and is going to die a slow, cold, churning death somewhere in the North Atlantic. But President Trump says he's going to visit Florida and Georgia sometime early next week. It's uh, probably on Monday and Tuesday, or Monday or Tuesday, to uh, assess the damage from Hurricane Michael. Uh, he also tweeted, uh, people have no idea how hard Hurricane Michael has hit the great state of Georgia. I mean, obviously, Florida is the one that's getting all of the coverage, but it was still a hurricane by the time it crossed the border into Georgia. Um, so are we going to count, are, are, are we going to use the Puerto Rico rule? And every death in Florida for the next six months will be attributed to Hurricane Michael. Is that the deal? That the <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's a good question. How does what does hurricane death math look like? Yeah, They're just absolutely uh, everything. Um, I haven't seen any college football games canceled because of this storm. I mean, this thing showed up, got to Cat Four, rolled it back, and said, "Have a good week." Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it moved quickly. That was yeah. the thing. That was one of the big differences between this one and Hurricane Florence is that uh, Florence was moving three miles an hour. I think when when the eye of the storm finally made landfall, this one was going closer to fifteen miles an hour. Um, the couple of notes about this, a uh, Senate debate between Bill Nelson and Rick Scott has been postponed. It was supposed to take place on Tuesday. They're going to change it to a later date. Still, what is it, 25, 24 days left until Election Day? Florida state emergency officials also say they did an initial search of about 80 percent of the area affected by Hurricane Michael. And the good sign is uh, the good the good news is that they have found no sign of widespread deaths. But that's sort of a. You know, a 10,000 foot look at this as opposed to on the ground going house to house in some of those areas. And I think even with without widespread death, you're going to still see onesies and twosies here and there that the death toll is even if it's at 13 right now is going to go up uh, probably into a couple of dozen people before this is all over. Yeah. And if if if, you know, there's not uh, uh, water sitting there becoming brackish and and, uh, becoming breeding ground for. Mosquitoes and all this. I, you know, I think I think if you were going to die in this, you died two days ago. Yeah. Um, Tyndall Air Force Base, also one of those areas that was hard hit. We talked about the F-22s that had been moved out, but some of them were still being repaired and were unable to fly, or they just didn't fly them out of there. And they don't have giant concrete bunkers to hide their planes in, so we may have lost some of those F-22s as well. Um, all right, we'll come back. We're going to do Mo on the movies. Uh, Brian's going to tell us what he thought of First Man. Talk about some of the other stuff that's coming out this weekend as well. And at the bottom of the hour, we'll get back into our nine news nuggets you need to know. First, $1,000. Here's how you can win it. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the nationwide keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's BANK to 200-200. Got to answer that phone. If you win, they will call you. If you don't win, there's another chance next hour during the John and Ken Show between 205 and 220. In fact, one chance an hour Monday through Friday from 5 in the morning all the way through 620 at night. Gary and Shannon, Brian Suits sitting in today. Gary and Shannon on this Friday, it's October 12th. Brian Suits sitting in today. Following stories, including a little earthquake, actually. Feel that? About an hour ago? 
It said there was a 3.1 earthquake that was centered uh, somewhere near Wrightwood, I believe it was. So felt good. Chelsea Handler is getting in trouble today. She tweeted something about Lindsey Graham. Uh, yesterday, she sent out a tweet that says, if you're wondering why Republicans took a sick day today, it's probably because it's hashtag national coming out today. Looking at you, Lindsey Graham, assuming, I guess, that he's gay. I'm gay and I'm proud of it and I love it. Uh, Lindsey Graham came out and said, I am not gay. And then just looked around. Why are we all winking at each other? Nobody's saying. Can't a guy he's be married gay? to his work? Yes, he. No, he's not gay. He just said he's not gay. He's just a perpetual bachelor. Was that supposed to be a rumor or a thing? Oh, yeah. I've been serious. around for a long time. That Lindsey it's just Graham the way did. he speaks, and he's never married and all that. That's, I, I don't know why. I, like I said, I think it's someone can be married to their work. Yeah, I, I'm being serious. I really never thought that. The rumors are always out. Yeah. Mm, okay. He's, hey. Some say he's effeminate. What? There are some. There's Is it been because talk. of the eye makeup or just know. other stuff? Uh, it's time for Mo on the Movies. Welcome to Mo on the Movies. Don't be ridiculous, darling. It's Mo on the movies. Kiss me. Not a chance. All right. Well, we welcome in Mo Kelly, host of the Mo Kelly Show, right here on KFI Saturdays and Sundays. Mo Kelly? No, I, I went to his wedding. No, no, no. To, to Brian's point, oh. if you don't get married after a certain age, people just assume you're gay. Right. Like I got married at forty six. And, you know, people but, say, you but oh, after he's got to be gay. Yeah. After 40, there's a lot of kids. questions. He doesn't have a wife. Oh, he must be gay. It's so like uh, Major Healy and uh, <laughs> what's his name? In, uh... From My Dream of Jesus. Yeah. Seriously, NASA wouldn't allow uh, those two uh, in the program, if you know what I'm saying. Mike Brady's gay? <laughs> um, it turns out there's a bunch of movies coming out this weekend. We'll talk about uh, some of the bigger ones. I just want to clean up some of the trash. Uh, if you're into abortion, there's a... There's a t- there's a movie about Kermit Gosnell, the Philadelphia abortionist. Who funded that movie? Crowdfunding. That's the only way they could get it made. They had a hard time finding you, a distributor as think? well. I'm t- is it 3D? <laughs> uh, no, it is not. Uh, Dean Cain is in it. Janine Turner is in it. I think they raised... Ricky Schroeder? <laughs> I think they raised... Does he play a fetus? $2.3 million for that movie, so that'll give you an idea of the... Uh, They're not going to get a return on that investment. No, you could probably find a DVD by They Thursday. will get a heavenly reward. That is a good point. The Oath is coming out this weekend. Um, Ike Barnholtz uh, plays the husband of Tiffany Haddish, trying to make it through a Thanksgiving holiday without uh, destroying his family. Should be interested. Uh, politically divided family, et cetera. Yeah, I just see formula. You know. I, oh, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I could probably tell you 10 of the jokes right now. <laughs> just write them out. We could act them out right now. <laughs> right now. Uh, bigger is an interesting um Plot, I guess, the tale of the grandfathers of fitness, Joe and Ben Weeder. Joe Vida. Uh, they faced anti-Semitism, extreme poverty, and a blonde woman played by Julianne Huff. So, is Arnold going to do a cameo in this? I don't think so. No, I doubt it. Um, I, he may be in some of the images, uh, perhaps. But uh, okay, so let's get into some of these movies that are we're uh, actually somebody might go watch. Beautiful Boy. Uh, based, uh, based on a, a couple of books by father and son, David and Nick Sheff. Beautiful Boy chronicles the, the heartbreaking, inspiring experience of survival, relapse, and recovery. Uh, Steve Carell plays the father in this, uh, in Beautiful Boy. You think that you have this under control. Mm-hmm. And I understand how scared you are. I understand why I do things 
It doesn't make me any different, all right? I'm attracted to craziness, and you're just embarrassed because I was like, you know, I was like this amazing thing, like your special creation or something, and you don't like who I am now. Yeah, who are you, Nick? This is me, Dad. Here, this is who I am. I'm walking out at this point. Well, the, the hardest thing about this movie, I think, is going to be watching Steve Carell do something. He can act. He the can, act, can really act well. He's an actor more so than a comedic actor, I would think. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think that's what he's. What was the movie that he did with Brian Cranston last year? It was really good. Oh, the, his the, son the dies pets. in Iraq. Yeah. Well, not only that, when he did the Billie Jean King uh, movie, um, and he was right. Bobby Riggs. Yes. yes. Battle of the yeah. Sexes. Yeah. And also, I, Crazy Stupid Love is very funny, but it's but he's he's not acting as a comic. Right. Um, One of my all-time favorite movies. Bad Times at the El Royale. Jeff Bridges, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm, Chris Hemsworth, Nick Offerman. I mean, big names. Seven strangers meet at the El Royale, a rundown hotel in Lake Tahoe, uh, over the course of one fateful night. It's a mystery thriller, et cetera. Everything goes to hell. Is this like a sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High? (laughs) Bad Times at El Royale? No. I just think when you start shoehorning that many big name actors into one place, it just everyone tries to out ego each other, and it, very rarely does something like that work. Rarely, but you have the Ocean's Eleven exception. Yes, that it like can a, work, but it but it can, it's, but it's rare. It's the exception which proves the rule. Goosebumps too. If you got kids, you want to scare them. Jack Black, of course, comes back as R.L. Stein in the Haunted Halloween sequel. But let's talk about First Man. I should point out, bad times at El Royale, 141 minutes. That's, that's a long time at El Royale. Is what oh, wow. Why? That's long, like Lord of the Rings. Again, yeah, long-ass time. At but El again, Royale. I think no, no, no. every one of those big-name actors <clears throat> had some, you know, what something in their claws <laughs> that says that they are appear on screen for a certain number of minutes. Quite possibly. <laughs> uh, First Man, this new Ryan Gosling movie uh, directed by Damien Chazelle, of course, the guy who also directed him in La La Land. Uh, look at the life of the astronaut uh, Neil Armstrong and, of course, the mission to the moon, July of 1969. Not only do you have Ryan Gosling in there not singing, you have Claire Foy does a great job at, uh, did a great job as the queen, and Kyle Chandler, Coach Eric Taylor in all of this. Um, okay, that is – Brian, you've seen this. Yeah, I mean, within um, hours, you are you – are, what is it? Uh, 16 hours away from having seen this. And a fa- a Fandango, it's like 85% mm-hmm. from Rotten Tomatoes. It's way up there. And I, you're seeing all these blurbs about best film of the year. I'm a tough room when it comes to space movies. I'm a space movie fanatic and a space Russian and American space uh, program uh, amateur historian. The inaccuracies made it so distracting that it was hard to like. See, what did I tell you yeah. about things which are based in history? And, and you got to nail it. Yes. Like, like yeah. Apollo 13. It takes some license. But it gets the chronology right. The uniforms are right. The look of the spacecraft is is great. This guy needs to go back to musicals because he made the spacecraft shop-worn and grungy. I don't know what he, the point he was trying to make. They're like operating rooms. They ignore the fact that Neil Armstrong – there's a point in the movie where Neil Armstrong could have indicated that he was a naval aviator, Korean War combat vet. But they specifically have him identify himself as a civilian. And then, of course, the thing that came out a couple months ago is that they don't show the flag planting on the moon. That's the whole point of the space race in the first place. And and the other deal is if you're trying – and what they said, what Gosling and the director said is, well, we're concentrating on Neil Armstrong and the struggle he and his wife had after their two-year-old daughter was – spoiler alert. There's a biography called First Man. His daughter Karen died here at Edwards Air Force Base when she was two of a long, horrible disease. 
and and uh, so they said, oh, we're trying to concentrate on his life. Well, two central things in Neil Armstrong's life, having interviewed him, he was proudest of being a naval aviator. The Navy sent him to Purdue. Then he went back to Purdue. Uh, and then planting the flag of the nation that gave him this phenomenal education, planting the American flag on the moon. And they don't depict either part of that part of his life. And I'll say this, if you don't know anything about the space program, it's a beautiful movie. And I, and I will say this, if you do know anything about it, the last 30 minutes, the space, the moon landing is spectacular. I saw it in IMAX. I was crying. It was breathtaking. When, when Ryan Gosling Armstrong steps off the limb, they pan around the moon. I don't know how they did it. It was amazing. Uh, and the other thing that was really cool from a filmmaking standpoint, because this moment is so iconic in all of our minds, we've all heard the audio a million times, right? They used the, the, uh, the it was all shot from inside the limb, uh, and but they used the audio from 1969. They used the ground controller. They 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 worked on it a little bit, but it was unmistakable. They didn't try to replicate it. It was awesome. So you were hearing that thing you've heard all your life, but inside the limb. And then they also show what they said when they shut off the engines and shook hands. And all. it's that part was great, but but it, it ended bad. Not not just not even a shot of the American flag on the moon. Did they spend any time on Gus Grissom and those deaths? Yeah, the Apollo 1 uh, death. And that's the other thing is that if you know the space program, you know you're being set up. It's like the, it's like the, it's like Goose in Top Gun. You know he's dead. <laughs> his wife is perfect and his kid is cute. You know Goose is going to die. And, and, and it was a tragic, horrible event. Physically, Neil Armstrong was at the White House when that happened. That, that part they cover. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I can't recommend my, – my, my batting order of space movies is still number one, right stuff. I thought this would supplant right stuff. Apparently, nothing ever will. Right stuff is still my favorite space movie. Number two is virtually unknown, The Dish with Sam Neill and Patrick Warburton. Hilarious and moving, The Dish. Uh, Apollo 13 is number three. And this one, I don't know, man. No gravity? That's not yeah. really a space movie. I, it's, it was good. I like I that. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I, I like that. What was that movie James Caan was in in the 60s? That's a better movie. Oh, than. We'll but but if you don't know anything about a space program, by all means, go to First Man. But <clears throat> let me just remind you, he was an American, and we planted an American flag on the moon. Not Canadians. Oh, yeah, it was, I, I thought I thought it's a fail for this filmmaker because he could have hit a home run by just simply being accurate. But he, the omissions is what was distracting. What's coming up on the Mo Kelly Show this weekend? Well, we're going to have a, a, a brief conversation about what happened in the White House yesterday and Kanye West. Very brief. Let's just put it this way. Consider, briefer, briefer than Kanye's. Uh... Consider the source. <laughs> okay. the, the guy doesn't vote. Uh, the guy is self-aware that he has mental instability and... He's done nothing for the city of Chicago. There's my show. Excellent. Thanks, Mo. Did you catch his pin? <laughs> we all get a change to six zero. Still, <laughs> still some uh, Dodgers tickets we're going to give away for Monday's Game 3. We'll tell you about that. Gary and Shannon. This time, this is my fight song. Take back my life. Female empowerment. Thanks, Mike. It is Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets. Adam Tickets app lets you browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions all from your phone, and skip the lines. Today, Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance at some free movie tickets. You can text them now. Just text the word REPORTER to A-T-O-M-1, Adam 1, REPORTER to 28661 for your chance to win. Standard data text message rates may apply. Uh, Brian Suits has joined us today. 
the James Conn movie you were looking for, 1968's Countdown. Countdown. Where they were going to mm. send uh, their training for the Apollo program, but then they realized the Russians were almost to the moon. Laughable. So they had to. T- they were going to send one guy up there on a one-way rocket. But back then we thought they were, because they were. They did not afterwards. But a, a lost classic. Uh, if you're in the James Conn canon, the... Conan, you could say. You know who else is in that? Robert uh, Duvall and Ted Knight. Yeah, Bob Duvall. Bob Duvall's in that one. He has hair. Uh, all right, so the nine news nuggets you need to know. These are some of the stories that did not make the headlines, or even if they did, you didn't notice them. So uh, we heated them up and are serving to you them serving them to you a second time, perhaps. Here's our honorable mention. Honorable mention. Not supposed to mention. I was going to mention it when the time was right. It's network policy not to mention it. It's been an honor serving with you all. Didn't I mention it? What an honor it is. Great and honorable Moses. So today we're holding auditions to become the newest member of Honorable Mention. Uh, the honorable mention today is the ankle biter mosquito. A new species of mosquito going through uh, Southern California. And some people are calling it an invasion. The Aedes mosquito? A E D E S. Sorry, I lost it. Uh, it will nip at skin multiple times in one sitting and will come out in the middle of the day to suck your blood. How do you not notice it? This, that it bites you multiple times? Yeah. I don't know. I saw that uh, somebody was saying that after uh, Hurricane Florence went through the Carolinas, that the mosquitoes that have been uh, hatching in the weeks after Florence yeah. were just as large as crows. And you could hear them BS. flying through the air. Have you ever been to Alaska in August and September? No. They will carry you off. <laughs> the, the Yeah. The the worst malaria outbreak in history was in Siberia. Just because of the... The, the mosquitoes are insanely... They're in dark clouds and they're huge in, in AK. Uh, here's number nine. Uh, number nine. Uh, I did nine plays if a cop's dirty nine times out of ten his partner's dirty too. Can I speak nine languages? I stay up till nine o'clock. Basically everybody at table nine. I feel ready to go another nine in. Niner. Did I catch a <laughs> niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? This is so late. <laughs> I want to see Tommy Boy. Uh, There was a uh, leader of a multi-state ATM and vehicle burglary ring has pleaded guilty to 60 charges in Salem, Massachusetts. 47-year-old guy named William Rodriguez. Now, if you had a friend named William Rodriguez... Oh, I got the order all mixed up, so I'll I'll change change it around. Okay. But William Rodriguez, what would you nickname your buddy William Rodriguez? Bill Rod. Bill Rod, Or B-Rod. Yeah, no. They, They nicknamed him Willy Wonka. Oh. So... Uh, is it ironic? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I don't mind ironic, uh, like calling a skinny guy fatty. Right. Or yeah. a big guy tiny. Yeah. All right. Here's number eight. It is enough. It would be great if you could make a... a figure eight. A child is born every eight seconds. Listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. Amazing. This is a, a strange story out of Colorado. Um, just this week, a guy named James Papole appeared in court for the first time after the uh, being arrested for the murder of Mary Lynn Vialpando from 1988. Now, that in itself is not unusual. We talk about cold cases on this show all the time. But in this case, um, Mary Lynn was 24 years old when she was killed. James Papole was 15. It was the first homicide case in Colorado to collect DNA evidence to be tested later on. The break didn't come. Here's the here's the catch in this. 
this guy who's now 46 could be tried in juvenile court. Womp, womp, womp. Which means that what? He would get... Didn't that happen to that Kennedy, uh, Skakel? Michael Skakel. Yeah. That does sound familiar. Also, there was a a German war criminal uh, who, uh, in the 60s, because he was 17 when he went all atrocity on your ass. Right. They tried him as a juvenile. Um, uh, Anyway, that's just a little tangent. Uh, Famous for those. Here's number seven. The seventh son of the seventh son. One for seven days. With the government, Sector 7. Guy 7. 7 a.m. Seven years of college down the drain. Seven. 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 Seven, seven days. In uh, Thailand, it seems like once a week we have one of these Thailand stories. A guy uh, was walking around uh, carrying dozens of losing lottery tickets. And you would imagine the guy is pretty sad, but you wouldn't imagine that he would then light himself on fire. Hey, immolate. Exactly what he did. Um, a head monk who was in the area says, I woke up and was preparing to go to alms when I noticed the smoke was rising from the crematorium. I went to check and there was Bob on fire. The lighting yourself on fire is immolation. Throwing yourself out of windows, defenestration. So, so make sure. 52-year-old man seen on closed-circuit TV walking into the grounds, lighting himself on fire, filling the area with a huge flash. And for the record, uh, his numbers were 729. <laughs> <laughs> and the magic burn ball was hey. 25. Magic burn ball? Yeah, that was lottery. <laughs> hey, we're giving away a pair of tickets to Game 3 of the NLCS happening this upcoming Monday, October 15th at Dodgers Stadium when the Dodgers host the Brewers. First pitch is at 440. Caller number 6 is going to win tickets right now. 1-800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. A pair yes, of tickets. To call. Come on, it's time to call. Let's call. Yeah. Yeah, always forget you have your that. mega immolate tickets for I, tonight? My, my burn ball number... Uh, again, a pair of tickets, game three of the National League Championship Series, uh, Monday night at Dodger Stadium, caller number six to 1-800-5201-KFI. We'll continue with our nine news nuggets when we come back to the Gary and Shannon Show with Brian Suits. Gary and Shannon, Brian Suits sitting in. We're in the middle of our nine news nuggets you need to know. Here comes our next one. Six, you got six, she got six. Uh, number six. Dude, there's six more weeks of winter. Why do you have a picture of me, a rabbi, and six drunken longshoremen? Why don't we just stick her in a nursing home closer to us so I don't have to drive six hours? Drink another six-pack. Number six. Uh, less than lethal weapons are all the rage now in law enforcement agencies around the country. In New York, for example... They responded to about 150, uh, sorry, 150,000 calls for services involving emotionally disturbed individuals. So what they're doing, it's called a Bola Wrap 100. The Bola Wrap 100? How does it work? <laughs> it, it shoots a Kevlar rope around your legs. The lasso it's, gun. Yes, it's a lasso gun. Well, howdy, partner. I'm here to help you with your psychotic breakdown. <laughs> we call you a 5150. Oh, partner, you just passed crazy town. Here's number five. For five minutes. I have five rules. We begin bombing in five minutes. Five little monkeys. This is the year 5.5. I'm leaning on track five for Anaheim. Do me a favor and lose five pounds immediately. Gender reveal parties are one of those things that's going to go by the wayside because people keep screwing them up. This was uh, outside an Applebee's in Ohio in Cleveland. Hey, Shannon. A fight began when a group was told not to use confetti poppers inside the Applebee's during a gender reveal party. 
<clears throat> Partygoers started yelling, throwing menus at employees when they found out that it was going to be a boy. Some of the party members began screaming such wonderful epithets as, I'm going to beat your ass and telling a hostess that you were going to get effed up too. Was it a boy? It was a boy. Oh. Four minutes! He's probably on his fourth tranquilizer by now. Commandment number four. There goes the fourth amendment. This isn't the same world you left four years ago, sir. Well, we'll keep it in New York where uh, traffic in Brooklyn had to be held up because of something they've probably never seen in uh, New York, at least not in Brooklyn for the last 150 years. Alfalfa the alpaca oh. got, got loose. They said it was only loose for about five minutes, but that's enough to cause some massive uh, massive traffic problems. The alpaca named Alfalfa. They were trying to bring him from a home in Connecticut to a Jewish education program for kindergartners. Touch the alpaca. Touch me in my alpaca. Three shall be the number thou shalt count, and the number of the counting shall be three. They were dead within three hours. Three. Security clearance level three. All three of you. Three. I got all three of you guys for the rest of your natural-born lives. After about three, three days, they both start to stink. Three. Guy in uh, P Ridge, wherever the hell P Ridge is. Out, just outside of Bella Vista. Everybody knows where Pea Ridge is. Uh, accused of beating his stepdaughter with a spatula. Arrested this week after eating marijuana and methamphetamine during a traffic stop. Where the hell is this? Benton yeah. County? Is this Benton County, Washington? Oh. They pull him over and he starts honking down meth and yeah. weed. There is there is a strategy that might be employed. I, but looking at this particular chap, I don't believe he's clever enough to do it. But if he was under the influence, then then he would say, "Oh, I was not until you pulled me over." Right, I, I was all broken up after beating my daughter with a spatula. I didn't get, I didn't <clears throat> eat it until then. Well, it, I don't think it's it's Washington because there's no Bella Pea Ridge Vista. there. It's either Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Maine, Missouri, North Carolina, or West Virginia. You take your pick. I'm saying Florida. <laughs> What's going on, you two? Pick out two fingers. One, two. No, there are two people in. There's two sons and no women. Two ringy-dingy. Well, I'll see your Florida and raise you a Florida. Woman arrested on charges of uh, stabbing her husband to death after um, after she slipped on dog poop. Oh, yeah. Um, she has given several inconsistent statements about what happened, but basically she was holding her dog while washing dishes and then ran towards her husband, slipped, and stabbed her husband in his shoulder area, saying that she was holding the dog while slicing pizza and accidentally stabbed her husband when tripped while walking towards him when, in fact, she stepped in a pile of dog crap. This was their story after police were called, and she didn't want to press charges. Right. It was the, uh, the old accidental slip in the dog. Poop. We're number one. You're a number one. We're number one, Ben. That's all the cast. I decided to look out for number one. Are you the number one? <laughs> Row number one. Number one. Uh, number one. This is definitely Florida. 52-year-old Patricia Tooley um, was booked on three charges. Uh, she plucked a burned crack cocaine pipe from a part of you that doesn't smoke or shouldn't smoke, perhaps. man reported uh, being in his apartment, heard a commotion, saw a couple of people fighting. So um, when the police showed up, Tooley lowered her shorts and apparently put something up in their area. It's uh, in prison. It's called keistering. If you use yeah, but the common a- orifice that we all have, the other one's called suitcasing. Ooh. Yeah. I don't want to know anything. Yeah. You that. and I can keister something. But, but, but Sharpie. Cannot suitcase. For instance, the Sharpie, you can suitcase it. But I mean, pardon me, keister it, but we we can't suitcase. 
That's your nine news nuggets this week. We'll see you from and, uh, and a freebie Monday. Brian Suit Show tomorrow night, starting at eight o'clock, and then uh, the high super hyper local Sunday show as well on Sunday night at eight o'clock. Yeah, I'll be doing a live key string. We'll <laughs> see you Monday. Stay dry, everybody. Watch for another episode soon of Gary and Shannon.